And we're back. I'm James. This is the Good Fan Podcast. I'm Luke. I'm Mike. And I'm Brent. And I'm James. <laughs> Are you... <laughs> I, I okay. thought I was going to get a Rick James. <laughs> How are you doing today, James? Good. What's new, dude? Did you have any games? It was your bye week, right? It's like we're in the middle of like two bye weeks. Just rested, recovered. It's just in the gym, doing max squats. Actually, we had a pretty intense uh, dads versus kids football game last night at a birthday party. I loved it. Uh, the dad's destroyed. Even though no, we were outnumbered didn't. like two to one, <laughs> destroyed. No, you didn't. You only won by fourteen. I, it, I mean, no, we won by more than. 14. But the, what was the spread? Six and a half. <laughs> so you beat the spread, right? Uh, yeah, a dad might have broken some fingers. It's possible. Um, somebody else pulled some muscles. Uh, you know, our, our dad QB really had to ice his arm down when he got home. <laughs> you know, I was blocking kids. It was, it was good, you know. A uh, couple kids might have fallen down, you know, in the grass uh, a little hard. There were some tears. I want to see some video evidence of this. Uh, I would. Love at one to. point, half of the kids' team just decided to go play wiffle ball because things got a little rough. I don't know, but the dads won. All right, own one, James. Twenty-four. Wow. James. Um, I've got your stuff written down for the game this weekend. Hey, I got your your game picks pick written down for this weekend, so we'll talk about that later. Did you go to the game this weekend? Yeah. What'd you think? Mm-hmm. Do you think that the Grizz should stop having one o'clock kickoffs in September when it might be eighty degrees out? Yeah. It was a little warm. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, James, did you know you're a pretty popular guy with the pod, and we put questions out for fans to ask us, and some people have questions for you. I'm trying to find that one question. All right. Uh, let's see. Where is it? James, who is your favorite current Grizz player? If it's on the field, Xavier Harris. But if he's injured, Nick Osmo. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Like the running backs. I think I think X is a great guy to have as your favorite player. It's a guy we're going to see for years to come, too. So Bobby called him out in the QB club today. He said he's going to be special when it's all said and done. Yep, sure did. I love it. Yep. All right. Good pick, James. Anything else, buddy? Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> See you next week, bud. <laughs> oh Lord, whose who's kid is that? Yours. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, Dominant win, no flaws. Grizz are rolling. <laughs> if you had seen the text read between the three of us, you guys would know how much of an insufferable pain in the ass Brent has been. <laughs> I, I mean, I between, full skip Bayless between this, season, I'm this ready. and the fact that Luke and I are Niners fans and the Packers <sighs> beat the Niners last night, like it has just well, been. The Packers kind of beat the Niners. It was they hashtag the, cheated. Hashtag the refs. The Packers, yes. Holding. The Packers beat the Niners and the refs, yes. Thank oh, you. boo-hoo. So boo-hoo. Was, was that last the Wider pass interference when he fell over? That was, and was. was it was fine. That was grounding. Uh, the second to last Garoppolo. Wow. There, he 
That it was wasn't. Grounded. They reviewed it. Fine. They and didn't they review it. it was fine. They did not review it. They just went ahead and ran the other play. The, they brought he, Trey Lance out we, and he ran in the end zone. We saw it on replay. The it refs was, gave you fine. guys 14 points. It was oh, stop. Do you remember the first drive when two BS pass interferences gave you guys a touchdown? Oh, you mean when your defender grabbed Devontae Adams and turned his body as he was running to the ball? Do you remember when Devontae Adams shouldn't have been out there because he got yeah. knocked so Ow. I I read that that was scary and what was more more concerning to me I was like he's back in two places like this guy's gonna die on the field this is terrible in the post game he took a, the shoulder to the chest and he said this in the post game he got the he got the wind knocked out of him and so he didn't really and they they took him right back and there was well, they, that's, they said but it was still but that's what scary. he has to say <laughs> <laughs> what else are you gonna say when you're knocked unconscious when you can't breathe <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. God damn it, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Gave us too much time. Will you just become a golfer already? Well, you know, the Ryder Cup was pretty. Oh, Aaron Rodgers golf. I thought you were going golf fan there. Ryder Cup was pretty fun this weekend, too. There was a lot of great sports this weekend. It was a good weekend. It was a really good Sunday for Wisconsin. Not a good Saturday. The Badgers got destroyed. But that's okay. So here we are. You're right, though. Insufferable. <laughs> Insufferable. I mean, <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yeah. Hey, first of all, Win's a win, and it was fun. I love that we had two special teams touchdowns yeah. and a pick six. Mm-hmm. Um, another big guy pick six. Although yeah. Belknap doesn't look like a big guy. He looks like a sleek That's man. Like, you you got to <laughs> say big guy. You can't say fat man. Yeah, he may wear a, he may wear a number in the 90s, but he is not a fat man. <laughs> I think you have to put him next to a normal-sized human to consider him a big man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean – but he's not. But he's not like a fat guy, Didi. Like I'm pretty stretch. sure he's got abdominal muscles yeah. <laughs> that are visible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, it was. It was. Uh, I mean, obviously, right? Uh, I'm sure we're talking about plenty. Offense had a bad game, and it was. It was great to see defense that we know is great, and then special teams get some more chances to do some awesome stuff. And like I posted, right? Uh, defense had seven points, and um, special teams. Had Counted for fourteen and offense accounted for eighteen, so to say, right? Field goals and stuff and whatever. But yeah. it was still, I mean, it was uh it was a, a a game unlike one I'd seen in a while in terms of just the contributions, especially to the scoreboard. What did our final tally come to when it came to like defensive defensive stops in a row? Oh, it was stops, I'm not sure. Yeah, I can't Got remember. I think it was in the... They're tweeting about it. Yeah. In the 30s? It was like minutes. Well, yeah, it was like... 30 possessions or something? Something like that, yeah. I, I, Nine quarters or something? 10, 11 quarters? Yeah, because it was three quarters in Washington, four quarters of Western Illinois, and three quarters of, that, of uh, Cal Poly. So, yeah, yeah. I, impressive run. And I don't know. <laughs> it was their, what, that scoring drive that Polly had right there at the end. Um, aided by a questionable sideline interference call. Um, questionable is bullshit. <laughs> I mean, like, the ref ran into two Grizz defensive players Subbing. going into sub. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He said it was a live play, but the whistle had clearly already blown, or the players wouldn't have been subbing in. Right. I mean, it just... Like, the refs were bad all day, and it's like I hate to complain about the refs in a, in a game the Grizz won 35-7 to seven or 39, whatever, 39-7. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and, and we tweeted this out. I, I think Cal Poly deserved to break the streak. They almost should have done it earlier. You know, they had the couple, yeah. you know, they moved the ball. They had over 300 yards passing. <laughs> Uh, but that was a gift on that scoring drive. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, and you know they're going to sub in the starting linebackers because they want to. They want to keep yeah. Cali on the damn end zone. <laughs> yeah. You know. But yeah. At first, I know I saw, and I, I was rapidly corrected. I first thought Bobby ran into the judge that got the call. So um, is Huck supposed to be running around with a mini mouse? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, okay. that's just Hannah's, and I'm glad that he brought it in from outside. Okay, I was just going to say, I didn't know if... Hot dog appearance. <laughs> hot, yeah. dog, hot dog is destroying or saving um, the youngest. Well, he doesn't <laughs> really destroy the kid's stuff, okay. but he definitely gums it for attention. Perfect. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Got distracted there. <laughs> um, it was... I mean, just but defensively, though, I know we talked about this. We've talked about this multiple weeks in a row, but... The amount of the physical nature. <laughs> one of our one of our oh buddies. Well, he's actually co-host of the pod once. Uh, Titleist, Mr. Titleist, yeah. Bambry, texted us after like the first or second series, and he says, "Well, the Grizz chose violence." <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh my god. Um, I did the math. I think it was like twelve and a half or thirteen tackles for a loss in the game. Wow. I mean, usually you see like a few, right? Like five or six. It's like, wow. And, you know, Patrick O'Connell had three and a half himself. Um, Jace Lewis had another two and a half. Gubb had two. I mean, it was like, but it's, it felt like uh, Polly's quarterback, well, unfortunately, looked like he got hurt pretty bad at the end. But he, took, he was getting hit every single play. And it was, um, I don't know, that was, it seemed more physical physically imposing, I guess, by the Grizz defense on Cal Poly quarterback and uh, ball carriers than even the Washington game or the Western Illinois game to me. Just they were they were they were hitting quite hard. <laughs> you wonder what it does. You know, I'd kind of pivoting a little bit to the offensive side of the ball. Uh, having your defense score, getting a couple special teams, possessions, just kind of knowing that there's 0% chance Cal Poly's going to come back. Right. I wonder if it, you know, makes it hard to focus on the offensive end, on the offensive end a little bit. And it's no excuse, right? Like you clearly have high expectations for all of your players. Um you want your off- offense to look uh snappy. Uh, but I think it's also human to be like, uh, we don't have to bring our A game anymore. Right. We're scoring defensive touchdowns and special teams touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it helps because it's kind of funny because if you strip out the defensive and special team scores and say Cal Poly miss, makes the two field goals that they attempted, the final score would be 18 to 13. Mm-hmm. We'd probably be freaking out right now, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. But I, I also think in that scenario, though, in a closer game, the offense uh, steals up a little bit. Could have. Could have. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and we talked about this a little bit, but they clearly – they were playing that game for film, too. Yes. So they were – I think – Yeah, what do you mean by that, Mike? I, I think that they did not make adjustments on defense that they might have otherwise made mm-hmm. if they weren't – convinced that they were going to win the game no matter what uh you know because they let they kept um just letting the screens happen and kind of the underneath stuff 
throw early, trying to prevent, you know, their quarterbacks from getting hit. Kind of worked. I, I had said on the pod that they'd get six sacks. We only got four, but we sure hit them a lot. Um, I think that in a more competitive game, the defense may have made um, adjustments. I think they chose not to. Um, Coach Houck said at QB Club that they ran like 13 screens or yeah. something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is just a huge number of screens. And I don't see Eastern doing that. Like, their game is to throw the ball. And I do think that they'll take underneath stuff if it's there, but they want to get the ball down the field. And I think they're, they've got such a good offense that they're not going to run scared of our defense. They're going to try and do what they do and beat us, yeah. which, you know, we would want the Grizz to do too in that situation. Yeah, and Cal Poly, of course, they're in their first-ish season of converting from being a triple option team. to, And so they've got a lot of undersized quicker guys and so that screen game fits what they could do now where eastern we know has a ton of really good nfl caliber type receivers that definitely are more stretch the field guys and maybe not a whole crew of guys that are designed to catch bubble screens and tunnel screens and these quick quick outs and all this stuff like this not that they won't but yeah Eastern's much more of a vertical team where Cal Poly's just try to get the ball into guys' hands as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. So, what about offense? Like you mentioned, yeah. like they I mean, ran out like half ass Statue of Liberty play. <laughs> I mean, it was interesting because I think watching the game, so the offense was out of sync the whole day. They couldn't get into rhythm. It felt like uh, it was another slower start. And then I tweet my kingdom for a Grizz touchdown drive, and Sammy Akem goes 65 yards on one play and gets in the end zone. <laughs> Sammy's like, new name Sammy's image likeness like rules, bub. Yeah, I was. I, 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 I tweeted, and at first I was like, I just said, I said, tell me where to sign the deed, and I tagged UM football. And I was going to tag Sammy and Cam, but I was like, ah, that might be a little tag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, but it was – and just – what, we had a big child's first quarter run get called back on a hold, and that drive died. Later, we would have a big, I think, Harris, Harris run. run. Yep, they both had a big that run. That would call back a drive and kill it. We saw we saw some, some throws that skipped off the ground to nobody. We saw some throws behind targets. Uh, we saw some drive. We saw a drive end on a Wait. blatant pass interference. What? What? Mike, are you surprised? Wait, I... I need you to go backwards. What yeah. did you say? Well, we saw we saw some throws miss targets. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. Go on, <laughs> Mike. You're, we, we're starting with Jimmy Garoppolo. You should be. Used I know. To this. I was like, <laughs> have the same thing going on. <laughs> very, very talented, and smart men with good records. Yeah. <laughs> Great leaders. Great leaders. <laughs> Older than the, than the second stringer. The Grizz offense should have torn Cal Poly's defense. Yeah, apart. they should have. Absolutely. Like, we should be concerned about that, in my opinion. It, I, yes. I think part of it is we don't have as consistent of a running game as we'd like. Mm-hmm. That doesn't help. But Cal Poly definitely took the approach with Cam to stack the box and say, Cam's got to beat us throwing the ball. And the question will be, as more teams do that, can Cam Humphrey step up and do it? Right. 
He has to. He has I mean, to. For, for, for continued success of this team, he absolutely has to. And it's like he doesn't have to be perfect or anywhere near because it's a great defense, but the offense is going to have to, you know, move the ball. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, I think we texted this during the game. Offensively, it kind of felt like nobody had a good, a great day. Maybe Sammy and Kim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the O-line was having issues. We were getting some reports of, especially Forbes at the center with the shifts the D-line was doing, seemed to be causing a lot of confusion. Um, Cam got hit a lot. Yep. Um, that's the most I think he's gotten hit. And okay. I think there were a few plays, a couple of his QB keeps, that he should have just let the running back take the hit too. I mean, it kind of seemed like he took a little he bit took of a few hits. But punishment. see, that's one of the things I actually like about him. Not that he goes and takes unnecessary hits, but yeah. he's tough. And when I think that when he senses that maybe he's not on, he goes and makes a play with his feet. Yeah. And yeah. he wants to make something happen. And I do admire that. Like, it's like, you know, go make something happen. And, you know, good for him. I also wonder, and I'm – ignorant to X's and O's. I wonder if the same thing I said on the defense wasn't true on the offense where Rosenbaugh didn't really adjust his play calling to the stacked front because they were confident they'd win either way and they just didn't want to show any adjustments on film. I could see that. I could see that for sure. Because Rosenbaugh makes adjustments all the time. I mean, like, it's usually a couple a years ago with Sneed, he created yeah. a whole new, like... A, new, that, <laughs> a yeah. new design of offense. Yeah. Or, what was that, a Sac State game? A homecoming game yeah, or something, right? Yeah, I think right? so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so um, – and we talked about this where I think uh, the pod we did before the season got started, uh, at that point I was like, I don't care what we do against Washington, but I want to see the offense gradually get better from Western Illinois to Cal Poly so we kind of know what we have when we face Eastern Washington, in which we knew at that point was going to be a big game. Um it also seemed to me like both Childs and Harris had some good runs and they also had some some pretty bad ones and of course I'm not I've never played and I haven't watched the film so I don't know if because it it seemed like getting outside of tackles quite a bit resulted in a lot of loss of yards to me I don't know I don't I'd be interested to see the splits but it seemed like there was a handful of tackles for a loss as these plays would stretch out and so were they were there no lanes or were they just not seeing them i think maybe it's both because both those guys they're really young. they're young yeah. and they do not have that much experience yeah um i think and again probably of the three of us i'm the least uh qualified to kind of actually make x's and o's type comments i don't know um i kind of feel like xavier is maybe a touch more patient and will let things develop in front of him more you know and Agreed. look at his yards per carry like it, you know he had a he had nine carries for like seventy yards and and obviously I think that can grow a little bit more and yeah, I think that yeah. that Childs maybe tries to spread it too much I'm not sure I don't know yeah it's interesting and, and my it, I was thinking too I should say I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with both of them considering the position they've been thrown into I agree I agree and my thought coming away from it was kind of I was like thinking if if we're not going to see Nick Osmo for a while. And we're having a hard time, especially powering up the middle. I know, especially once he got out there, he doesn't have the same burst. But if if we need someone strong to go between the middle, I'd like to see Drew Turner just get a few more touches. I mean, for now, because he's a big dude. 
Uh, he didn't do a whole heck of a lot. I think he had eight yards on four carries or something. But and those were all at the end of the game. End of the like game. I, yeah, but it's I, like if, I, I was so high on Drew Turner, but I feel like if Drew Turner was ever going to be part of the offense, he'd be part of the offense be right now. now. Yeah, yeah. Maybe sense, I'm wrong. My sense is you give him more carries so you can mask a little bit his like true strength in the backfield, which will be pass protection. But if he's out there, you know, like. Is a huge body, you're thinking, oh, they're definitely going to pass the ball. Yep, yep. But, I mean, you you do wonder if there's a big package with him and pulling him one of the tight ends or something. I... Well, and, you know, so, again, putting all the stuff on film, we saw a two-point conversion. Yeah, like you mentioned, we saw Statue of Liberty. What? Wow, we saw Cam Humphrey go under center uh, a handful of times. We I think we saw three or a four tight ends set on the field. Um I think whether or not we'll see it again soon, I think this game gave Eastern a lot of extra stuff to try to prepare for, and what they do and what they don't do with it, we'll just have to see. Yeah. Yeah. What else? (sighs) I mean, I'm nervous. (laughs) I'm nervous because I'm always nervous, but I'm feeling... I feel like this is the year, and it's like, you know, we've actually, the last handful of years against Eastern Washington, we haven't played them consistently. Right. But, I mean, we beat them. Like, 2019, right? 2019 beat good. here. Yeah. And Eric Berry was the quarterback. He was. Um, This is a hell of a lot better defense than that one was. Yep. Oh, yeah. Big time. Eastern, <laughs> they've got a... To Lolo Limu Jones, wide receiver. He was a preseason all-conference pick. They've got like 20 good wide receivers. He, I mean, I, that's that's what I mean. It's like I have supreme confidence in this defense, obviously. Yeah. But I am very, very excited to see what happens yeah. when uh, the best offense probably in the country faces the best defense yeah, in the yeah. country. Um, our friend... And we're getting too too much into the Eastern game, so we got to wrap up Cal Poly and yeah. get to it. But our friend uh, Kyler at the Eastern Power Hour podcast, um, in our our thread on Sunday, he was talking about like MSU's or not MSU. Eastern has a, a young freshman receiver that they're really excited about, Cooper Cup. Yeah, they're all talented, and it was like, what else is new? I, I think I said, oh, and water's wet. Water's like wet. I mean, yeah. Eastern has good receivers and good QBs. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> so, wrapping Cal Poly, two uh, other observations. Garrett Graves, first start at safety. Gavin Robertson uh, suited up on the sideline. Not sure what the deal was, but um, I can't imagine Garrett took the job, but uh, missed the tackle early, I think, but kind of sunk, uh, locked it in. And I, if I check the stats right, I think he led the team in tackles. Sure did, 11 tackles with a tackle for a loss and a pass breakup. So, um Excellent uh, showing from Garrett there. Not sure what the deal is with Robertson. And then um, I think the only um, injury of note that I saw, we saw Joe Babros leave the game immediately, like first or second play. Uh, Came back onto the field and was walking. So I'm assuming, I'm hoping we're not talking about anything major. But Diari Todd, the Michigan State Mm -hmm. D lineman, comes in and plays – most of the game, and that guy impressed me. And it, it was really interesting because 
he had he has an incredible burst out of his stance. And I think if you noticed it in the game, especially when he came in early, he would blow past the tackle or get between the tackle of the guard and be in the backfield, but he'd be back there so quick in some cases he missed the play. The play would develop <laughs> yeah. at his back. It was, there was there was at least two that I remember where it was like the play was happening over here and he's just like straight in. And so there's, you know, but he he surprised me. And it was just because it's like, okay, so, you know, is Babros, you know, was it a precaution? Are we keeping it or, you know, or are we going to have to rely on Todd for a bit? And I like what I saw out of him. He takes the, he sh- shoots his back. Beyond the foe man's line. <laughs> Lord. So somebody asked, and it might be one of the questions that we're supposed to get to later, but do you think if we're not blitzing with our linebackers, our D-line can get pressure alone? Well, a three-man front, typically no, right? I mean, that's just the design of this this defense, this three-three-five defense is designed to mask where your attack is coming from. So I would think not generally. but mm-hmm. And that's going to be an interesting test uh, w- when we shift gears to Eastern because we're not going to see – Eastern has a running back that is damn good, but then they're going to have three, four wide receivers on the field the whole time or a tight end that's practically a wide receiver as well. So um, how much can we rely on? These linebackers are going to be doing a lot more coverage. So having those front three do a lot more pressure – uh, in future games, well, in, in particularly this Eastern game, I don't know because I don't know if that's really what a three-man front is designed to do. I, I think we're going to see more uh, defensive linemen. You know, I think Todd's going to get more reps. Just they're going to be tired. They're gonna, I mean, yeah. it's going to be pass rush. You know, ninety percent of the time. Absolutely. So I, I think you'll you'll see the whole arsenal of defensive linemen that we feel are ready to play. This upcoming weekend. Yeah. Yeah. A um, couple other. Uh, so at my tailgate party, Luke was the most asked about person. <laughs> I know. I mean, welcome, welcome to my life. Is <laughs> yeah. you know. People roaming up to my tailgate. People I've never met. Where's it's a Luke? great tailgate, dude. <laughs> I mean, that Luke, one. Okay. Yeah. Luke's, that- Luke's personality and his, his friendliness would make for an excellent wingman if you were in college, except that. He's just too damn likable to be the wingman. You know, he I, he's top billing. I'm a great top I'm billing. a great wingman, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm flattered. Come see me at Brent's tailgate. Come see at Mike come see me at Mike's tailgate. I'll wingman for you. Okay. On the uh, yeah, Brent was telling me that tonight and I was dying. It's like <laughs> Luke's got all these followers coming to Brent's tailgate. So my tailgate, we had a partner uh, who oh, yeah. partners man, with us? Yeah, and um, they did something a little different that I I normally just pick up two kegs of beer from a local grocery store. We serve the beer, great. Well, they wanted to have bar service, which was super popular. I'm looking at the bill. Mm. What's your guys' guess? There was okay. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna give a so there was two bartenders. Mm-hmm. They have a gratuity fee on here. There was one full keg and a partial keg of a micro, and then they had liquor with mixers. Uh, I'm gonna say 
Eight hundred dollars. Okay, eight hundred. I mean, I guess it's hard to quantify unless we know how many drinks were served. But I, I don't know. I'm gonna say six fifty. Two thousand eight hundred. Oh, oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> I told you, Bryn's tailgate is lit. Whoa! It'll never be that lit again, though. Like that was like a sponsor thing. No. Yeah. So I'm sharing this cost. The liquor cost is on our partner, and so my beer costs are the exact same as what I normally pay for each games. But holy shit, when I got this in the mail, or in my email today, I was like, oh my god, there was $1,500 of liquor drank at my tailgate. It was homecoming, it was and homecoming. you're popular. Yes. <laughs> it is popular. Um, Our tailgates are just always <laughs> solid beer. I uh, No stripper poles, though. I, I'm glad we brought this up, because I ran into a great, uh, like, Grizz fan pod uh, listener, uh, Johnny Metropolis, and he is having a. He mentioned he's like, I asked him if he's going to going to go to the Eastern game this weekend, and he goes, No, we're doing a Grizz uh, watch party in Helena. Nice. He, he's a Helena Helena guy. I think he was a state cross country champion in high school. Okay. In fact, he's a so Helena born and bred came to UM. Uh, for college back in Helena and at Lewis and Clark Brewery if you are a Helena uh, native if you're going to be in Helena and want to watch the Grizz go to Lewis and Clark Brewery meet old Johnny uh, Metropolis that's his actual name that's not like a nickname that Seriously? almost sounds like a cool nickname I just figured I was just like some Twitter really that's his name that's his yeah <laughs> that's, that's so his, awesome. isn't that a great name that's like the coolest damn name I've ever heard that's so cool but yeah I saw Johnny I saw a lot of folks down at at the at the tailgate brent wow yes well you were sought after sir so um oh before before we change subject no, no, no. i'm still i i have some more topics on okay game day stuff so <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah yeah no i want to talk about this tailgate a little bit more Twenty eight hundred dollars in booze yeah. oh my gosh um <laughs> mike uh, how are the polls <laughs> the polls like the grizz polls Mm-mm. no <laughs> you you want an election update right no, now? No, no, no. Whoa, we don't care about your election. Like, <laughs> we don't care about... What are we talking about here? The stripper polls from your tailgates from the week before. Did you bring them back for homecoming? I don't run our tailgate. <laughs> they were not stripper polls, and the bus was not back. Although, Brent, it's ironic, because we were talking last week about how... Um, one time you showed up and there was a tent set up in your spot. In the wrong spot. Or in the wrong spot. Yeah. We got there to set up and there was a tent in our spot. Hmm. And we big definitely too, right? didn't order it. That great big Big one. tent. And so we're like looking around to all the neighboring ones, like waiting for someone to be like, hey, they put our tent in your spot. And it just never happened. I left and went to other tailgates. So I don't know if the person whose tent it was <laughs> supposed to be ever showed up. But uh yeah, someone donated a giant canvas tent to our uh, tailgate this week. That was nice of them. <laughs> so I guess there were polls, but they were different. That being said, Luke, <laughs> I read an article that they're concerned about where the employees of Fred's Lounge are going to go find new jobs. And I'm just curious if you've started an economic relief program for mm, your friends yes. out there. Listen, I'm I'm a big supporter of the community and the arts. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, again, guys, I'm I'm your wingman. All right. <laughs> oh man, let's go have some fun. Yeah. Oh Lord. So, uh, 
got in getting into the game was a little easier this time it felt like well, I, I, I gave went myself 30 minutes earlier I gave myself 20 minutes and I got in with much better ease it took me about 12 minutes to get through so that seemed better um I did ask why they had to wand James like the line next to us, no, they weren't wanding anybody, but they were wanding everybody in our line. So here's James like getting wanded down. Kid looks suspicious. Look yeah. So I'm like, why are you wanting us and not them? And then I point over like somebody I know is in the other line. And he's like, because he looks suspicious. Yeah. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> and Don't I'm sure, be suspicious. I'm sure there's a whole lot of uh, parents who are not above hiding their booze on they're eight-year-olds. No. <laughs> Listen, I don't have kids, but if I ever did, it's for booze-hiding purposes and organs. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so apparently Monty's entrance doesn't exist anymore? He doesn't. There's nope. two games in a row he hasn't come out on the field? Nope. He's, um, he snuck out right about kickoff on the medical card. And nothing on field at all. Monty it's was really never on field. Weird. Um. And uh, let's no skydivers. Yeah, which they haven't done skydivers in years. Well, they, they've mixed a few in. I mean, maybe we'll see one for Chris Cap. But um, the pregame, uh, it was interesting. Well, I had, especially my postgame write-up, I had a lot of people not super enthusiastic about the pregame. Um, it's homecoming again, and, and the so, U.M. marching band's great, and they play the national anthem very damn well, but you couldn't get someone to sing for the homecoming game. I don't know. It just, it, it, it's, do we not care about pre-game anymore as much as we used to does it i mean so here's my my thought on that and they've got a new person okay our friend bryn left the athletic department correct um she was on the pod you all remember it was great now we should probably get her on again to critique to <laughs> critique the world now that she's not employed she's too nice she uh, wouldn't she, do that she she's too nice <laughs> but i mean she's probably got lots of thoughts um so there's a new guy running it wow and i, I mean i I would love for someone to talk to him because I'm sure that there's lots of rationale for a lot of this stuff. And at times it's felt like the, the whole thing's a little too busy. But my thing, and I was talking to some people about this yesterday at a barbecue. It's one of those things where there's a lot of fans that would be like, stop whining. Like We're there to watch the football game. And I think that's true. I bet of the 25,400 or whatever it was who were yep. there on Saturday – I bet maybe ten or eleven thousand truly care about nothing else but the football game. Sure, but they're in it to generate revenue, yeah. and revenue is generated by people liking an experience and coming back for more. And I understand concerns about staffing, and that's why stuff's closed. But I mean, it's like they're getting people to come in earlier. The lines have uh. been atrocious, and it was so hot that people were lining up at halftime just to buy water and they were running out of water. And it's like, there aren't enough drinking fountains. I mean, so it's like, I honestly think we talk about the things athletics can be doing and like, you know, the, the sky boxes need to be renovated and we're building a out, you know, a practice, practice facility. Yeah. And that's all good. I think Washington Grizzly stadium is so overdue for an infrastructure upgrade. Yes. You know, like filling stations and, you know, more things to make. Like, if you are going to need people to come in earlier and you want more people to stay in the stadium, they need to make it that more of a realistic option. Because, I mean, I the people I sit next to went two minutes before halftime to stand in the pizza line 
and didn't come back until almost the end of the third quarter. Oh they didn't God. leave the stadium. They just sat in the pizza line. Pizza line. And I, don't get me wrong. I understand that there's supply issues. I understand there are staffing issues. But experience matters. I also just think if it was my full-time job to figure this stuff out, I could figure it out. See, it, it, it almost has, <laughs> like, like, I hate to say, I hate to oversimplify things because it's like, I am not in that job. But it feels to me a little bit like the staffing thing. It's kind of like they didn't realize it was going to be a problem until it was a problem and it was too late. And then they were just like, now we're stuck. come in earlier. Yeah. And maybe they've had, a, they've, maybe they've been trying hard. Maybe they've ever advertised. I don't know. Um, so then going back to things like the experience, like little Monty matters. And another one is they now have said you cannot come on the field until 10 minutes after the right. game ends. Right, right. But they don't start the 10 minute clock until the opposing team is off the stadium oh. or off the field. So you've got all these kids waiting at the stairs yeah. to come play on the field. And they're standing there for like 15 or 20 minutes. And again, a lot of people are going to be like, well, they don't need to go on the field. That's not a thing. Well, it's like UM needs to be doing everything it can to create memories that make people want to be connected to UM. Absolutely. So it does matter. Yes. And it matters that you sit and make people wait. Like every positive experience is something UM needs to encourage and build on. And we've talked about this on replays too. And nobody's ever told us what the answer is as far as the big, if the biggest conference has policies or not, but UM needs to show more replays in the stadium or you're going to have casual fans who are going to choose on a hot day when it's 80 degrees, watch it on TV to watch it on TV Mm -hmm. because they get more out of it. And I'm sure part of the problem is that, Every second of game time is probably sold by Learfield on that big screen. Like, I'm sure that's part of the problem, too. Could be. But. It really could be. Oh, sorry. I'll get my soapbox. <laughs> no, I, I mean, will you- happily sponsor uh, shit call replays. <laughs> and so if they're like, today's shitty officiating moment brought to you by Brent Wahlberg. <laughs> oh, I would They love did show that. that blatantly obvious pass interference like two times. Uh, in the fourth yeah. quarter or whatever. And they should do more of that. Like, they really should do more of that. Yeah. Yeah, fans want to feel like they're a part of the experience. Yep. And it's it's tough because I think – and I had a friend in town, and he hadn't been to a Grizz game for a few years. And at some point in the third quarter, he's like, hey, I'm just going to – I'm going to take a walk around the stadium. I was like, all right, man, cool. And he came back pretty – he wanted to check out see what the beer garden looked like. And then he went over to the east side. And he said he, he walked around past the student section and got to the east side where it's kind of the covered and closed. And it was just shoulder-to-shoulder people. And he's like, I couldn't even get through. I just turned around and came back. And he's like, there were people. There was huge lines for the concessions. And then as I found out later, he didn't know this, but I read this later. Like, the women's bathroom on that side was like half the toilets didn't work and then like one of the others was closed and so it's just like a whole bunch of stuff like and so and there was just like people just jam-packed standing around and uh yeah so just the experience it definitely matters and it's i think the my hope is that i think a lot of people understand that these are these are weird times and so you know takes longer to get something in the mail it takes longer to sometimes you don't find that item at the store it takes longer when you're out to eat you know just all this stuff and like we we, we kind of we accept with the way these things go but i definitely think and hope that it's something that the university rapidly works on to improve because 
we have a great product on the field right now. We've got one of the best products on the field we've had in a damn decade. Yep. And if people just have a shit experience at the game otherwise, and you don't get like the investment from kids yeah. growing up, then it, it, it you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna lose people. You know what was interesting? And I think the heat was part of it. Yeah. Um but James there were moments in the game where it's like he almost looked bored. And don't get me wrong, like the, the world is it doesn't stop and start entertaining James. But I mean anybody who listens to the podcast knows that James is a football fan. He enjoys going to games. I mean heat obviously part of that, but it's like Monty in the crowd, like that. That was fun when I was an adult, let alone as a kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's fun for parents to see their kid light up when he comes by, and you know maybe there's a new Monty and they're just getting their feet wet. But it seems like some of this stuff is deliberately like they're they're like testing the water on stuff right yeah. now. Yeah. And I mean, it'd be really cool if if the new marketing guy wants to come on the pod and talk about it. That'd be awesome. Yeah. And I do think you got to give the you know new marketing person an opportunity to try some of their own ideas yeah, out because and then, we could be ripe for new ideas. You're right. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I would. I would love to have them have have them on sometime. We've had some bad new ideas. I remember once the Red Zone was sponsored by like a truck. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> I remember that first time where they—I'm not going to say the company because I don't want to bash on them—but I just remember because the first time the Grizz like got in the red zone, it was like Peter Christian comes on, he's like, "Attention, Washington Grizzly Stadium!" I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> it's like the Grizzlies have entered the blah, 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 truck red zone. I'm like, "The fuck is that? This is, so bad. <laughs> this is the worst promo ever!" Like, I thought he was going to say like, "We need to leave the stadium because there's you know." So <laughs> um, yeah, but. I don't know. We, uh, no Cotton Eye Joe. No final countdown. So, um, and um, I, I understand. Um, but I have I heard unofficially that the No Cotton Eye Joe is an intentional decision. I, that, that doesn't surprise me. Because so. there's concerns about um, it actually being somewhat offensive of a song. I uh, didn't play Thank God I'm a Country Boy. Is I, that one offensive? I don't. Don't, don't look at me. <laughs> this is the second time Mike, today that somebody else Mike, has done he, something, he, and then I've like, I've no, had was, to like deal with somebody complaining about wokeness, and it's like, whoa, I have nothing to do with that. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I can understand some concerns and some things like that. It's just, I don't know. It, um, yeah, life on the farm is kind of laid back, dude. <laughs> you don't care, oh, no. <laughs> care about this. <laughs> Early to rise. Yeah. Early to bed. Thank God I'm a country boy. <laughs> <laughs> So it's, I just, it's interesting. Um, what will be interesting is if they can come up with things to replace it. Because yeah. yeah. one thing, and you know, we've joked about like Cotton Eye Joe has, was being played too early in games yeah. recently. Because it really should be put in its pocket for a fourth quarter momentum time. So it's like, what's the new song? And they've got a couple, you know, like there's 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 a couple that they've been playing regularly that seem to kind of be doing it. And the, the music of basketball games last, well, I mean, we didn't get to go last year, but the year before, I thought they've been doing a good job. Do like a cool TikTok dance when the game's almost over or something, <clears throat> right? Yeah, yeah, I'm down for that. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Who knows? Anything else on Cal Poly? No. Okay. Um, really quickly, want to give a shout out to. Um, our friends at the Montana Mint Podcast Network. Um, 
the Grizz Fan Podcast, the number one podcast in the state of Montana, according to Bear, Bear Tycoon. We're pretty sure it's not. Um, <laughs> I think Hang Green has a pretty big yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I think he's got different categories here. Yeah. Um, it, we're proud to be part of the Montana Mint Podcast Network. Uh, be sure to check out some of the other podcasts the Mint um, uh, does, including the Montana Mint Sports Pod with... Hot Technique and Bear Tycoon, Montana Murder Mystery, Notorious and Unsolved with author Brian D'Ambrosia, and Montana Trivia Championship. Find them wherever you download your podcasts. All right. So. What happened to the Big Sky this week? Oh, we're going that way. Okay. Uh, it was kind of a fun week in the Big Sky. <laughs> it was weird, man. First of all, have you guys booked your tickets to watch Northern Colorado in the National Championship? Oh, my God. Dude, because their two fans on Twitter <laughs> think that what happened this weekend was the biggest win in the history of college football. They are giant slayers. It might have been the biggest win in the <laughs> FCS history of Northern Colorado. You, you should read I, the Denver Post. They took they ran an opinion columnist to re like to recap the game, <laughs> and it is. The weirdest article I've ever oh, read really? in my life. I mean, it was like maybe it was stardust, <laughs> oh maybe it God. was karma. Like it's like this sort of divine intervention sort of story <laughs> about uh, Ed McCaffrey's son. And until he until he wins another game, I'm going to refuse to call him by his real name. He's still Ed McCaffrey's son. <laughs> <laughs> he was? Did he even play? He was their quarterback. And he threw... Oh, he did, yeah. He okay. threw a touchdown that apparently... like they, The way they paint uh, the situation... Um, like there's a 30 for 30 like being 17 made about to 10 in OT? Or yeah, was it? yeah, it was 10-10 at end of regulation and 17-10 UNC won it. And he threw this pass that like, tipped off someone's fingers... And landed in the receiver's hands. But it was like a 15-yard pass. It wasn't like... like a Hail Mary or something. No. But there's like, I just dropped down my knees and prayed. So on Twitter, <laughs> on Twitter one, of their, one of their fans, who's also like the women's basketball... Oh, Aaron? Color, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was him who tweeted out a poll of whether Northern Colorado has the best defense in the state of Colorado. And I don't really know anything about anybody else in Colorado, but here's what I do know. There's some pretty big high schools. <laughs> There's something delusional going on right there, and it's good for them to be excited. But I actually can't wait for the Cats to destroy them this weekend. And I mean, you, for me to say that tells you how I feel about this situation. <laughs> We're gonna I mean, pick those games later. So, and, and so let's let's talk like an interesting tidbit, like a callback, um, is. Northern Arizona beats the University of Arizona last week. Right. And then they go in to Greeley and lose an overtime game to Northern Colorado, which we were debating, are they like the worst team in the league? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, the Big Sky has this, it seems like annually, a, a bad to mid-low bad Big Sky team has a win you just can't explain. I think that was NAU last week. Yeah. So yeah. Arizona Arizona hung with Oregon. I, I had that game on. I wasn't paying the most attention to it, but Arizona was hanging around with Oregon for about three quarters. But I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Um, Montana State, you know, cl- put the boots to Portland State. It was 30-17, to 17, but the game wasn't really that close. Well, I mean, I, I had that one on. 
I think Davis Alexander of Portland State made a lot of mistakes down the stretch. He had a they were going down. It looked like they were going to take a lead early fourth or maybe late third, and he had just a really dumb fumble trying to make something happen and puts it on the ground. And I think the Cats scored 14 or maybe 21 after that. That was, you know, I think it kind of woke MSU up. It was like a, a moment of a little bit of kind of an oh shit, like these guys are hanging around, and then they kind of got it and clicked. So they, I, I don't know. And then. Uh, some of our other counterparts with uh, uh, Montana State, some of these MSU uh, podcasts are pointing out that Afonso's 30 carries is like the most individual carries of a cat running back since like Cody Kirk. And I can't remember when Cody Kirk was here. I was at MSU, but I want to say that was like nine or ten years ago. I think that he was still he was the there French for kid. Choate's first year, maybe? So, okay, so maybe we're talking like five years <clears throat> or so. Yeah. yeah. I think that the R&R Cat guys It's a little wild to think that, stat, that a so. run-heavy team has not had a guy that's had 30 touches till but now. Running back by committee. But, yeah, yeah, that's the way they've always done it. So, yeah. I remember looking – do you remember a few years back when Herschel Walker was at, like, a Grizz pregame for, for something? Yes. Do you remember that? Yeah, or like, why the hell is he here? Why is Herschel there? And he was, he knows the Washington family somehow. Uh, I remember seeing him when the Washington family opened the the, the new Champions Center, the new wing that they build oh. built at the Education Building. Yep, 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 yep. And he was at, he was in the crowd, and I was like, what the hell is Herschel Walker doing here? And he just knows the Washington family somehow. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I think we talked about this. We have. Anyway, I was looking at his college stats at that time, and uh, <laughs> in eleven games in the nineteen eighty one season, he carried the ball three hundred and eighty five times. <laughs> <laughs> Like, just to think about how college football's changed over the years. And I think Marcus Allen's stats are even more incredible. I think he carried the ball even more than Herschel Walker. I'm just looking up Ron Dane at Wisconsin because I got to feel like he probably had. No, Ron Ron Dane, I think his Heisman year, 325 in 13 games. So, not even. (laughs) What was Herschel's? 385. Okay. So, Ron Dane. (laughs) Wow. So wow. we used to uh, abuse college oh running backs. <laughs> well, you think of some of the guys who played here, you know, Lex. Well, yo, I mean, Lex got a ton of carries, but often there was a guy. I guess the second two years of Lex's career, when Justin Green wasn't also on the team, right? Lex got most of them, but I mean, Waller was here for part of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be curious to go back and look what he averaged a game. It wasn't anywhere near that. Yeah. But I bet it was over twenty. I can find that. Yeah. You go to the like Herschel Walker went into the NFL with like a thousand college carries under his belt, and it's like now the way they evaluate running backs, it's like every carry is like miles on a car, right? You know, it's yeah. like, how many is too many? If Fonse, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so 2005 was probably Lex's like heavy load year, right? Probably. Yep. Uh, 249 rushes. Over 15 uh, games? 12, no, Over 12 05. Games. That was an early playoff. So that's Exit. not even... That's 20. And then 06, so 06 tears the Achilles, right? Comes back in 07. And he had 241. Okay. So he's 250, and that was in 11 games, because 07, Wofford bounced us fast. 
Um, let's see what Chase was in oh, what, oh, 08. Well, Chase, let's go oh, 09 with Chase. These are fun to look at. Chase oh, 09, 321. <whistles> in 15 games. So there That's you go. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah, so Montana State remains, uh, you know, solid. Yeah. No. I love it. I love that they're we're winning. Marching, they're winning the games they should win. Marching towards a collision with them. Um, Sac State beats Idaho State 23-21. to Yeah, that was... It was in Pocatello, so, uh, you know, maybe... I didn't think it would be that close, but... I, I just... I thought Idaho State, like, had a little something in them after watching them this spring, and they <laughs> continually keep disappointing. Sac State shut them out in the second half. Uh, kicked a field goal, not not even at the end, with like 10, <clears throat> 10 minutes to go in the game. So, Sack kind of remains that constant enigma. Uh, Mike, I think you talked about it, right? Like, they're a team that kind of maybe lacks a quarterback. They just don't really have that full offense where they can yeah, just put people away. Yeah. So, yeah. What is their schedule like? I know we're going to get into picking them their games, but, I mean, they beat Idaho State. By two. By two. So, they uh, – let's see. Southern Utah, and then they come to Montana. NAU, Northern Colorado, Cal Poly, Portland State, UC Davis. So, see, my thing with SAC is I want SAC to be a few games over 500 because, the you know, we've talked about this. Like, any team that looks like they have a decent schedule helps the Grizz strength of schedule, which is, like, the one thing I can see people criticizing the Grizz on. Yes. Even though you would think that win over Pac-12 UW would offset some of that, but who knows? Yeah. Uh, then we had Eastern Washington, obviously, boat race Southern Utah, 50 yep. to 21. Yep. Barry it was I- close at first, but then they, like, killed him in the second half. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, and Barrier had, like, he set the record for passing yards and a half or something. Like, I mean, he had, like, 450 uh, yards at half. It's the, oh the second time this season he's thrown for over 500 <laughs> yards. And he won his third Big Sky Player of the Week in a row. Yeah, and I have zero yeah. problem with any of it. He is yeah. fun to watch. He's the he's the best individual player in the Big Sky. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it is kind of funny. Can you imagine having a QB where – if he doesn't throw for 400 yards in a game, you're kind of like, well, what happened? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> he threw for 325. 325. Off night. Eric Barrier had a down day. It sounds like you gave your younger brother like the controller <laughs> like, for a quarter because your mom finally made you clean your room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the most interesting game yeah. of the week was UC Davis. Going to Ogden to beat Weber, uh, a close one, 17-14. Well, and it, kind of a fascinating game. I had this one on, again, not paying the closest attention, but Davis's starting quarterback gets, Got knocked, hurt late. Get knocked, gets knocked out at some point. So the backup comes in and leads what well, winds up to be the game winning touchdown yeah, drive with like it in on a half a minute to go leg. in the game. Yeah. So uh that that's impressive to have to to have that happen where, you know, they Davis has been talking quite a bit about the play of their starter. Um they finally played a good defense and they were in a battle. I've somehow 
you know, how Twitter suggests stuff to you. And I pulled up the Grizz Fan Pod Twitter, and Weber fans were pretty pissed about the officiating because I saw it looked like a couple of there was a pass interference that was not at all that took away a red zone pick by Weber that I think turned into Davis and then points. They turned and got three points, I think. Yeah, and then uh, I think a big play of a offensive pass interference where tight end was blocking at the line of scrimmage so um but i mean and they as you can test there's probably bad calls on both yeah sides. i mean they're it probably bad ones, but it, it, you could tell they were frustrated by it and what's doubly frustrating is i hate to say this but weber is in a win out for the playoffs in my opinion absolutely they have I mean, they've to. got three losses and i mean maybe they could lose one more depending on how everything else shakes out but I mean, they'd already be looking at a you know lower or not a lower seed, but a, you know a first round game, probably on the road. Like they need to win out. And one of the other issues is UC Davis has a pretty easy schedule, so UC Davis may cakewalk through the rest of it. Yeah. So Davis has Idaho, Idaho State, Northern Colorado, Cal Poly, NAU, Eastern Washington, and SAC. I mean, I guess maybe the lat the the second to last game. Eastern. Eastern. Is it at Eastern or at? It's in Davis. Okay, that'll be fun. That'll be a lot of fun. That's probably their best chance for a loss. Sack if they play defense and have figured out an offense, maybe you can play them tough. That's it's a rivalry, rivalry game, game too. Yeah, yeah. Where's it at? In Sack, but that's but that's forty not. miles away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. So after this Weber win, I would assume they're going to win one, two, three, four, five in a row. So Davis will be nine and zero. Idaho, if you're ready to pull off like your God, random yes. upset in an otherwise shitty season, this is it. Oh, let me check if that's in. Let's Idaho. do it. I hope it's at the Kibbe Dome. Um, dang it! <laughs> God, Davis is that darling team that yeah. could win the conference, and then round one they play. Northwestern State. I don't even know if Northwestern State's good this year, and they lose fifty-five to ten. And it's just like, oh, f- uh, you know, it's like the, yeah, it, it, that it's inevitable. The cakewalk team through the conference, and then they get to the playoffs and, and play they get a team with the big sky champion. Smoked, yeah, yeah. yeah. I hate this conference. This is a this is a good week to have a couple TVs going because you'll have that Idaho Davis game on at seven p.m. Pacific time, right? And then us an hour and a half later. And then us an hour and a half later. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So Idaho right. this week. So that wraps up what happened in the Big Sky Conference last week. Idaho goes to Davis uh this week. And you guys Mike, are you gonna pick you gonna pick Idaho? I believe that we will win. I believe that we will no, win. No, I'm going to pick Davis. <laughs> At some point, we're going to have to tally up how we're doing so far, but we don't need to do it now. Yeah, I'll do, that, uh, I'll do that for next week. We keep saying that we'll put it out there. We haven't. You know, I think, this, I think Idaho's going to do it. There's been some wackiness. Idaho's going to win. Idaho's going to win. I'm going Davis. <laughs> Smart. Man, I, I mean, I really need Idaho to win this game. And I would love it for our Tubs in the Club friends. Um, all right. Then we have Idaho State is going to Northern Arizona. Well, thanks for giving us a game to really analyze while Mike leaves the room. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we have 0-3 Idaho State against 1-3 NAU. Where is it? Oh, it's in, it's in Flagstaff. 
Two dumb teams. So I just can't understand Northern Arizona. I don't understand them at all. Like, I, yeah. I, well, both these teams. So NAU doesn't make any sense because they've won one game, and that's against a Pac-12 school. And Idaho State hasn't won any games. Um, they've already had their bye week. Uh, so it's just... I'm trying to. They look. lost, but the, I mean, their losses are North Dakota, Nevada, and SAC. So, <clears throat> kind of understandable losses, I guess. But boy, we're looking at the bottom two teams in the conference for offensive efficiency. Um, actually, it's maybe. Rough. So maybe. hey, James just walked in. <laughs> so let's have him catch up. So, the first game we picked was Idaho at Davis. Sac State. No, or Davis, at Davis. At Davis. What do you think, James? Idaho at Davis. Davis. All right. All right. So now we're we're caught back up. Okay. James. Now the the one that the whole country is watching. Idaho State <laughs> visits <laughs> Northern Arizona. That's right. It's tough. It's a tough pick. I it's like I, if the Jets had to play the Jets. I think Idaho State. Yeah. Because they put up 17 in the first quarter against us last year in the homecoming. Mm. Oh, yeah. It was raining. Wow. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Who doesn't remember that, James? <laughs> I just I think of bad teams. I think Idaho State still has the potential to be more competent on offense. That's all. Idaho State's probably one of the best bad teams in the Big Sky. The best bad you know, team in the Big Sky. We keep thinking that, but Isn't at some point they, they've got to shake that uh, – what do you? Yeah. So what? Do you, okay, Mike and James have <laughs> Idaho State. I'm gonna pick NAU. It's at home. I'm gonna pick NAU too. I hate that. They pick, beat but. Arizona. <laughs> they have one more win. That has Idaho James State. is not impressed. That has to mean something. James. They only won by two. But I mean, we only won pack. by th- three. They won by two. They beat a Pac-12 team. We got to give them that. Six, okay. That's credit. We beat a Pac-12 team. This is true. First time in league history that two Big Sky teams have beat Pac-12 yes. teams in the same year. Yes. Hey, we found a Ours fact he harder. didn't know. Ours was definitely harder. Washington's yes. is better yeah. than Arizona. They were right. <laughs> okay, James. Portland State goes to Southern Utah. Portland State. Oh, interesting. What do you guys think? I'm going to go with Portland State. SCU I think. Sucks. <laughs> I don't want Portland State to win a single conference game since they're leaving our conference. Not that I want them to stay. You mean Southern Utah? Wait, Southern Utah. Southern Utah. <coughs> Southern Utah. I said Portland State. Uh, yeah, so I just want their farewell trip to be blank. Yeah, they can't so cut it here, Portland so they're going to another one. So you're going Portland State? Yes. Okay, Brent has Portland State. James has Portland State. I have Southern Utah. What about you, Dad? I think Southern Utah. I think they're still playing. They're They're moving up. They're not moving up. They're, they're moving, moving up. across. Oh, they're moving, they oh, they're moving across. Yeah, James is like, they're not good. That is not up. That they're is not good. False. It's a miracle if they win two games. All right. Well, uh, then we have <laughs> Weber State goes to Cal Poly. It's a bounce back game for Weber. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, we know Cal Poly is going to be without their starting quarterback probably for the rest yeah, of the season. So. So. Yeah. And their backup. Because wasn't that the backup? <sighs> oh. Like, what the, the transfer from Cal was the starter? Who knows? Either way, we it doesn't matter. We've got Weber, Weber across Weber's the board win. here. Weber's Weber, 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 Weber. And then Weber. we have Northern Colorado going to Bozeman, Montana to play the Cats. 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 All the way, Cats. 
You know who the cats have historically had problems with? You're like you love the cats. I want the cats to beat Northern Colorado. <laughs> you know who's, who lose. historically MSU has had a lot of problems with? Because if hmm? they lose, it's just going to say Montana. Was good, and chlamydia. No, I'm going to pick the James, cats. So. James, you have the cats too, right? Yeah, okay, I'll pick the cats. We all have the cats. I'll bet. I'll bet this game is closer than people think. Tied in the fourth quarter. Does is the spread larger? I don't know. Oh uh, yeah, bad question. All right, <laughs> final game, most important game of the week of in the country. This is oh, a this is a four versus it. six matchup. James, we'll start with you. Montana goes to. Goes to Eastern Washington. On their anniversary. It is my wedding anniversary. Good point. Oh. <laughs> well, watching the game with friends. It's already taken care of. Oof. Um, we're going <laughs> camping. Um, yeah, James, what do you think? We'll, we'll, we'll pick later because we need to talk about this game. Yeah, let's just get James in here. James wrote this down earlier. I think I see. Is that Eastern Washington you wrote down? Oh, Eastern Washington by thirty. <laughs> James, oh, Dang. Eastern Washington by twenty-five. Eagles foreign. Oh. <laughs> His face is like you guys can't read. <laughs> what, tell him what it says. But. I see it. Gears twenty-seven. Eagles twenty-four. Ooh, well, Barnard. All right, twenty-seven, twenty-four. That'll be a fun game. Oh my god, I'd be so nervous. Stress. Sounds stressful. Hey, buddy. Thanks for coming out and doing the picks. You probably should go to bed now. High five. Don't leave me hanging, dude. Hey. You can't leave me hanging. Bam. All right. <laughs> All right. Good night, James. <laughs> so, <laughs> Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington. Man, I mean, the last time I was there, it sucked, Mike. I, yeah, I know. I tried. Somebody asked if I was going, and I think I've been there three times in a row with losses now all on the red turf oh i've been once the red turf 2011 uh i can remember the very first touchdown score on the red turf was a tremaine johnson pick six mm-hmm. rest of that game didn't go super duper well we were well. winning we were up 14 nothing and peter Wynn had a fumbled a couple punts and, and they scored a touchdown and then they got an onside kick and they won that was in 2011 2011 was with flu you're talking 2013 or 20 2013 okay maybe 2013 Delaney. okay and we were up later i thought that was the first game on the red turf but i 11 okay. yeah yeah and then we lost their 15 as well i they all think blend together big yes what's interesting though blinding is blinding red light the the period of time where we've struggled against eastern though we've had a couple wins coincides with the time bobby hauck was gone yeah like bobby hauck's only lost eastern once i think and in missoula yeah, never in Washington because most of those games were in Spokane at the time. Do you think it's I mean, it's not easy to prepare defense against a talent like uh, like Eastern has assembled on the offensive end? But if you, they 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 don't really try to run all that much. Well, no, they do. Their running back averages almost a hundred yards a game. Well. Yeah, but it's because they throw the ball 90% of the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, Eastern statistically is just an offensive powerhouse. But now the thing is, I, I went and looked at this. UNLV is the eighth worst 
defense in the FBS. Hold on. Who? UNLV. Wait, the first so team that wor- they beat. Worse than Cal Poly? Wait. UNLV in the FBS. Oh, sorry. I thought you said so, Eastern in the FCS. No, 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 no. Sorry, no, no. I should have no, listened no, no, better. No. <laughs> so UNLV. So I was trying Take to look at. Take these headphones off. So they beat UNLV, one of the worst defenses statistically in the FBS. They beat Southern Utah, who's like one of the worst teams in Big Sky, a Division II school, and who's their other winner? Western against? Illinois. Western Illinois, who is, as we saw, a pretty bad defense as well. So I just I don't like their massive numbers, and I know they're super duper good. I just don't know. This is going to be the fascinating thing on Saturday night. How do they play against a good defense? This is the first good defense they'll see. And and we might be you know like um, like Brad mentioned our buddy like we choose violence. <laughs> this isn't just like a good defense. This might be a defense that puts you on your heels. Absolutely. So what's interesting is. Eastern lets plays develop. Yes. And they've got a pretty decent O-line. But like Cal Poly's whole game plan was get the ball out as quickly as possible to try and avoid sacks. sacks. Hits. <laughs> so yeah. it'll be interesting to see what they do. Yeah. You know, and it's like I tend to think they're going to start by trying to run their offense and, you know, say you've got to beat us, which yep. is what I would do too. Sure. But there, if there's one thing about Barrier, he's slightly small. You know, and he like he came up limping in the Western Illinois game. He did. Like, I am sure the Grizz defensive game plan calls for hitting him a lot. Pain. Because I think <laughs> that they're going to believe that their offense can score points, so they're going to be willing to take chances. Sure. This is this is a heavyweight fight. This is the best offense in the FCS. They gotta be. I haven't looked it up, but they just they gotta be against. Probably the best, and again, I'm going statistically at least, but probably also in my belief, the best offense against the best defense, at least in the big sky, if not the entire FCS. So whoever gets the best of that matchup is probably going to is going to be what prevails the most in the game. Um, Eastern's defense... You know, they gave up a ton of yards in the Western Illinois game. They gave up a lot of rushing yards against UNLV. Central Washington doesn't count. It's a Division II school. And Southern Utah is kind of trash. So, it, it you know, defensively their stats aren't awful, but some of the games we've seen. But it does because it's like, I don't care how good. good you are. Yeah. Like you throwing for 500 yards a game and scoring 50 points a game. Yeah. Like that is not like you – they're not like knock on wood. Like, right, right. I don't think it's reasonable for them to expect that to happen. No, could be wrong, but I mean, like that that Western Illinois QB was pretty good, and look what he did against their defense, and yeah. he could do nothing against ours. Nothing at all. Nothing because they were hitting him so much. Yep, yep. See, I think Barry throws for under four hundred yards. Yeah, and one of the reasons is we are going to milk some clock. Interesting. I, I I do. I think we're going to get a lead, and Bobby's going to go ground and pound and time control, and there just won't be enough possessions for Barrier to put up these sorts of numbers. Yeah, there's a lot of things you can look at in this game, but I think one thing that every fan should know if they if they don't already is Montana will not win. 
not hardly any team will beat Eastern Washington if you are going to just get in a shootout. Yeah. It's just going to be like touchdowns, touchdowns, touchdowns. You know, it's like Western Illinois proved that. They had to fight all the way back. They were down 55 to 21 at one point, you know. So getting in a shootout with Eastern is definitely not what Montana wants to have happen. And so how do you avoid that? Keep the ball out of his hands. And when he does have it, Kick his ass. I mean, you hit him. You make yeah. it, you force I mean, you force mistakes. I you, think you the, the game plan punish him. has to be hit him, and you know take your chances that so he's going to connect on some plays. Yeah, but you got. I think that's the the way to beat him. Absolutely, you can't. And that's like what back like forty five minutes ago the three man rush. I, I don't think I don't think Montana can rush three and drop everybody in coverage because like he'll he'll dance around. Yeah, because if the longer he gets, he finds stuff. And so that, it's like I think you've got to take chances on our cover guys covering yep. and bring people. And I also think that we need to be prepared that Eastern's probably going to have over 400 yards of offense oh, yeah. in this game. Yeah. But it's how they get it. And if it is kind of like them doing dink and duck and taking what they get, that slows the game down. Big time. And that's probably okay for us. Really but if okay. we're giving up the long bomb on the broken play – that's going to be where the trouble is. It will be, and so and and that was the thing we talked about these Eastern wide receivers. So Luke, you talked about number one, Talolo Limu Jones, six four two twenty. Um, you know we've we QB Club we we talk about the game in advance and saw some highlights, and it's basically like a win in doubt. Just throw it to him because he's like the Randy Moss on the field. It's just like just chuck a jump ball to this guy, and he could have he could have a safety on his back and a corner in front of him, and he's probably going to extend over them. So there's there's going to be plays where number one just goes up and gets it, and it's not the fault of the cover or the pressure or whatever. It's just he's just chucking a pass up there, and then you go down the line. It's like Andrew Boston, number nine. He's six three. Freddie Robinson, number 11. He's 6'2". So, I mean, it's just like they got big guys. And then Efton Chisholm, number 89, the guy that uh, um, a lot of Eastern fans are saying is the next Cooper Cup, he's he's six foot, so he's like the small guy in the group. And uh, he's got like uh, 300 yards and four touchdowns as a redshirt freshman for Eastern Washington. I mean, so they just they have weapons all over the field. Uh, so it's just... I can't imagine these guys are completely just shut out. But we saw this in the spring, though. Teams, uh, oddly, Idaho, um, were able to put a lot of good pressure on Barrier, which led to rush throws. Great point. Which led to interceptions. And that's what's interesting to me is, like, Idaho shows that Eastern can be beat and not even by a good team. No. Like... And it's not to knock Idaho, but nobody would argue that they are an average Big Sky team. They're slightly below average. They're not the bottom right. of the pack, but and they did it twice. No, they no. It was oh, one they one. They um, didn't they beat them once of the two games last year? They played them twice and split, right? And split. But I thought they beat them the previous season too. That's right. You're right. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you're right. With Eric Berrier. Yeah. Yeah. And he ton, lots of turnovers. So that's like the thing. I think the game plan has to be. Risk and reward. Yep. And so the thing to don't get mad, don't get upset if number one 
has a 50-yard catch yep. over Hicks O'Neal. You got to limit it. Or 9 or 89 catches something and takes the field, gets in the end zone. Um, it's going to happen. I just – I mean, if it doesn't, then holy crap. Like, this is this is a record-setting defense. So, I think some things are – I mean, I just – I can't imagine that they're completely, like, shut out like we've been doing. If, if they do, amazing. But um, you've got to expect some of that. But limit it and keep it in front of you. And the other thing, too, the one thing about Eastern, they could have beat UNLV in, over, in regulation. They had a 22-yard field goal in the middle of the field to make it, and the kicker fucking shanked it, like, big time. <laughs> um, the kicker is not great. He has a good leg. Like, he's got good distance, but he's really not – he's not very accurate. I think he's, like, three for nine this year. So the thing is, is Wild a little man. bit of bend, up, but don't break. But so, yeah, so, you know, Barry chucks a bomb, and they get it on the 20, you know, but then – you know, maybe we hit him and knock him back, and they're for- facing a fourth and thirteen on the twenty-three, and they got to kick a field goal. That's not automatic for these guys. He'll hit a few, but if you can limit that to field goal attempts, more field goal attempts than touchdowns, that is going to be a major recipe to helping the Grizz come away victorious on Saturday night. Brent. What, what's your prediction? I love it. I love it when you kind of tease it in the, the so, uh, preview, but then you come out of the pod. Well, what I love about Brent is he that was a that was classic Brent right there. Yeah, classic. Um, and I had a I had a professor once like that who um, would talk about it was in this class called Ways of Knowing, and it was this philosophy class that was way above my head as a freshman. And he would like we would have a reading and we would like discuss it and then there would be kind of like crickets around the room because we're a bunch of idiot freshmen. And he would then go off on like a five minute, very dense, uh, interesting and revealing tale. And then he would lean back and be like, "So what did you guys think?" <laughs> he had this crappy old voice, and I'd be like, "Uh, yeah, what you said, dude, that's amazing." Uh, Brent, what, well, so what's your prediction? Well, I in my scouting report, I, I hedged my bet because I took it two ways, and we I, don't I, hedge uh, here, dude. God, yeah, okay. So I want to I want to talk this out. So if the Montana offense from the Cal Poly game shows up in Cheney, Washington, the Grizz are going to lose. Right. If we yeah. score 18 points on offense, we're going to lose the game. Um, Unless we get 21 from our defense and special teams. <laughs> I'm right. just kidding. Uh, so I think, but I, I, I said, okay. So I said this when we started, when we, when we picked the season before, you know, this feels like that UC Davis road game in 2019 where Davis was going to beat us and we weren't playing the best football the week before. Maybe we even, no, we'd, I can't even remember. Uh, maybe we lost the week before. I can't remember. But uh, I I have a feeling that I think the play on offense is going to be improved. I think these guys are probably getting their ass kicked this week and are probably really mad about their performance for homecoming. Uh, cobwebs of the bye week are definitely off, and – I'm, yeah, Grizz are going to win this. Grizz are going to win this game. Um, what I got is 
I had picked a 45-31, so a two-touchdown Montana win. 45-31. Yeah, and what it's going to come on the – and this is like the thing. We have to we have to efficiently and successfully run the goddamn football because we can't put this whole game on Cam's shoulders, and it's got to be Harris and Childs and whoever the heck else we've got running this ball. It's got to be a big part of the game. And if we can successfully do that – it's going to open up all these options. This Eastern defense will not be able to stop us. We might not have the most efficient game. They'll get some big scores, but we'll be able to just grind them out, especially third and fourth. So I'm picking Grizz. I I still I 45 I want to, 31. <laughs> I love it, Brent. <laughs> I love it. All right, there we go. Oh, lamped up. Pumped up. Um <laughs> So this is one of those games where like people ask me and I say, "You know, it could go anyway." And it's like the the kind of gambler in you kind of the, wants to be hesitant. I feel like now's the time, and I think the Grizz are going to win this game convincingly. I think it's going to be 45-24 or something like that. Like, I really think the Grizz are going to show, it's like, hey, this is, this is what we've been building towards. We are in a you know, different place. We're back. I think that that's going to be highlighted by a um, – Wide receiver throwing a touchdown pass. I think you're going to see something trickery on offense. See some tomfoolery. Yep. In addition to you know, hopefully what Brent's saying, you know, run the ball, control it. But we got to get our receivers involved and take oh, advantage yeah. of their crappy defense. Like the, you can't. There's a, such thing as being too conservative against a good offense, and I think we got to be careful not to do that. I also think that either Sulcer or Flowers is going to have a return. I think one of those two is going to spark it. I think this could be. This game just feels like a Gabe Salser game. He hasn't had an opportunity for a punt return of really any record. He hasn't run the ball yet. I mean, I just think this is going to be a game where... And it feels like that's on purpose because he's been out there. He's not hurt. I have a feeling this is going to be a game where number seven goes big. Big. They haven't done any of the jet sweeps, really, and it's kind of been there. Like It just feels like there are some things waiting. Absolutely. And the Grizz score 42 points in your prediction. 45. 45 points. So you're with me. Did I have 45? Yeah, both of us had 45. Man, I feel like I got I got prices right this. <laughs> 46 or 44, Mike. <laughs> Looks like 6 to 3. <laughs> no, I, here's, One to here's what I'm so confused by. Not as like – I mean, just like how do you reconcile – the the defense okay my sense is every one of the eastern washington players would have went to UW had they gotten a scholarship offer <laughs> yeah probably. no he yeah, probably bitch slapped UW i mean i know it was close right <laughs> but i mean all things considered like every player that was on the field was more talented than every player that we're going to face against Eastern Washington. Yeah. And our defense ragdolled them. Yeah. And so I think that defense shows up. Yeah. I don't know that Eastern Washington's going to score more than two touchdowns against us. Wow. So, wow. I think, I think, I would love it if you were right. I think they get 20 points max. I think they kick a couple field goals, they get two touchdowns. Um, and then end up having to abandon field goals to go for touchdowns late because, like you guys mentioned, 
our offense is going to come correct. They're getting probably yelled at as we speak in their dreams. Hopefully they're to bed. (laughs) (laughs) But also, I think some of the things you guys both mentioned earlier, like we didn't make adjustments that we normally would on the fly last week. Part of our inert offense was, you know, we chose to be a little flaccid, okay? And we're going to come out like, Mike, you're right. We're going to have a special teams touchdown. We're going to have a defensive touchdown. Ooh, I like that. Wow. And we're going to we're gonna beat the shit out of these guys. I'm saying 42-40. Or 42-20. 42-20 Grizz win. God. What's our, de- our defense is going to be jacked the hell up. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, our DBs are a little bit cocky. Like, they want the challenge. And like somebody said, oh, you know, Ford got exposed a little bit in Scott Polly. It's like, I don't really think he did. I think that their design was to keep stuff underneath. They didn't give up, they didn't give up touchdown passing. They didn't give up a huge play. They gave up our longest one so far. Right. I'm ready. I'm ready to see how our DBs do against these guys. You know, it's like if you want to you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. Yeah. And I can't Eastern's wait. Eastern's one of the best offenses. I can't wait for our, our defense to start tweeting after the game. After they <laughs> hold them to 20 points. Oh, my Man. God. My is, retweet thumb is going to be pumping. That is bold and awesome. I love it. I love it. I also think, Mike, you're going to come away with a change in your heart. Oh. Whoa. I think, whoa, I think Mike might put on a little Cam Humphrey hat afterwards. I like it. I think Cam's going to look sharp. I, I want Cam Humphrey to succeed. Like, if he does well, I'll be pumped for him. <laughs> but if he doesn't do well against a terrible Eastern defense on the heels of not doing all that great against a shitty Cal Poly defense, we got bigger problems. <laughs> okay. Fair. Brent nodded. The record needs to show I that. said fair. All right. <laughs> <sighs> I'm now pumped. It's Monday night. This week is going to take forever. <laughs> it's going to be a long week. Right? I've got and a lot got, to do. All got a damn fundraiser day. on Wednesday. We're going to wait I mean, all day. Oh, 8.30 at night. Yeah. Oh, my God. But Bobby is undefeated in night games this year. Fair. 2-0. Oh. Um, <laughs> sometimes you guys throw stuff out there. It's like, I love those stats. Wow. Uh, <laughs> offense. Well, not in all of them. Yeah. <laughs> offense had his best showing at night. All right, all out <laughs> against Western Illinois. All right, we ready to go to questions? Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, let's do it. I unless there's something else we're missing talking about this Eastern game. Eight thirty p.m. ESPN, ESPN two. two. Yeah, it's gonna be a blast. It's gonna be something. Gosh. Part of me wants to do a Twitter spaces with our fans after the game when we beat the shit out of them. Oh, man. I follow a Packers uh, Twitter uh, account that these guys do a split screen. So, like, or, well, it's like, because they're not together usually right now, but it's like, it's just, you just watch them on their couch while they're watching the game. And so you have the game, and then you got them up side by side just going crazy or not but <laughs> i would actually i think it'd be entertaining to watch you watch a packers game with as much as you tweet do you tweet do you use a computer or is that all on your phone not on my phone see this is the thing i have watched enough packers football most of my negative packers tweets are preloaded like three plays before 
Because <laughs> you can just smell it coming. Oh, I can, you can just mile away, mile away. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, right. I've watched this team enough. I know. <laughs> All right. What's the first question? Uh, okay, I got uh, I got the old cesspool up here. Anyone mm. going to Cheney? I'm not. I'm not. I will if an opportunity presents itself, but I'll probably be home. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna sneak in one more camping weekend at least. And nice. Enjoy it. Mike, you have you have a tr- like a camper. Yeah, you could you could camp any weekend of the year. Yeah, so I said last week on the your pod, camper's nicer than the place I live. I said last <laughs> week on the pod that I, I had a goal of camping in every month of the year, and Stacy heard that, oh. and she texted me and she's like, "I just want you to know that that's not a mutual goal." <laughs> <laughs> But we'll probably get a few more in October. That's you know, awesome. if I would, I would love that. So, like, if the Grizz play a playoff game in December, like at North Dakota State, you could pull it there and get your December. Although that might not be a fun spot, to <laughs> say, and to dry to pull it on, yeah, <laughs> cross Montana and North Dakota. Yeah, well, that's oh, our wolf. tailgate spot. <laughs> nothing <laughs> like nothing like pulling a giant trailer in the wind. Luke and I will fly out and meet you there. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Got it in early. CDA's question. Okay. You have to pick one of three options. Okay. Option one. The Grizz go undefeated and win the national championship this year. But you have to work or you have to live and work as a Somalian pirate for a year. (laughs) Your families and Luke's goldfish will be taken care of financially. (laughs) And you'll get your jobs back upon your return. You'll be taken in and accepted by the Somalian pirates as one of their own. And you won't get arrested, but there are no guarantees about your safety in the high seas. In other words, you won't get caught, but you could get shot. (laughs) Everyone will know of your sacrifice, and you will be honored by leading the Grizz out of the tunnel for every home game as long as you want. Option one. Option two. The Grizz go undefeated and win the national championship this year, but... You have to drive a teal Mazda Miata convertible with the top down for two years. <laughs> the top can never go up, and you can't just Uber or uh, Lyft everywhere. You have to drive it just as often as you drive your current vehicles. You can tell your wives or goldfish uh, why you're doing it, but nobody else can know. If anyone asks why you're driving a Miata with the top down when it's snowing, you can only reply... This lifestyle is a choice. <laughs> you will be forever known as that weird Miata guy. Option three, Grizzlies to the Cats, missed the playoffs for the next three years. First of all, I just Googled Teal Miata to take a look at this. What's There's that? a song named called Teal Miata. <laughs> oh, really? And I would play it, but I'm sure... It, like it'll trigger yeah, some we'll copyright trigger some thing. Copyright. Uh, it's by a guy named Micah. <laughs> or no, wait. Featured artist Micah. Artist Ray Stones. Ooh. This feels like something Brent should know about. Here's <laughs> here's here's the images for teal Miatas. This is what we'd be driving, fellas. Oh my god. Well, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'll go with that route. Whatever. It's a lifestyle. A, a teal Miata. I don't All want to year go round, be a pirate. How are you gonna get? Like, kind of fun to be a pirate. How are you gonna get up into Patty Canyon 
in a teal Miata it in February. It, it didn't say that's the only car I could drive. No, it said uh, every mile you, you drive, have to drive dude, as much as you drive your normal vehicle. Every mile you yeah, drive. Yeah, but I mean, it's not going to pull my trailer, so I'm going to have to drive my truck then. No, you're going to have to pull it with your Miata. It's not going to work. I, you're not. That's, so you're a Somali quarter, pirate? This is, fucking camping, this is Quarter Lane's problem, not mine. <laughs> Luke, I was going to say, you have a technicality because... You've been riding your bike a bunch, so you're not even driving a car. I, I mean, you in just truth, me out on the street. I, I haven't ridden, I haven't driven my car in months. Winter is coming. Yeah, I'm gonna have to change <laughs> this. <laughs> um, man, I'm being a pirate, dude. So awesome. How cool would that be? I gotta run out the tunnel with the team as long as I don't get shot by like the navy or something. <laughs> yeah, so the year to have been the pirate would have been last year when you didn't have to miss a season. <laughs> yeah, good point, dude. Good point. The thing about See, I saw Captain Phillips. Yeah. I feel like they underestimated the U.S. Navy. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't no, underestimate they, the they Navy. Absolutely underestimated the U.S. Navy. Yes. My one <laughs> reservation about being a Somali pirate is <laughs> getting torpedoed by a submarine or something. <laughs> I I feel like uh, I had a friend who had uh, she got her PhD in geosciences here, and she did some of her research and. Africa and you know like she used to love to cook like authentic cuisine and I, I think we had some like Somali food she cooked for us once and it was the spiciest nice. food I'd ever eaten in my life it like destroyed it. me for days wonderful I mean, I'm from the High Line. Ketchup is a spice up there, okay? <laughs> like, I don't know that I could hang with the dietary requirements of the Somalis. One, in flavor. Two, I am the size of three Somali pirates. Like, <laughs> I mean, right? <laughs> We're a lot bigger than a lot of Somali pirates. Oh, my goodness. We would immediately be like the leaders, though, right? Oh, that's a good point. See, so Somali then, captain. So then you could you update could like, my LinkedIn. <laughs> it's awful. It's you awful. Could, as the manager of the pirates, we could host a, a corporate retreat. Now, how do you know you're instantly hire, be viewed as the leader? We could hire. It's a, awful presumptuous of we you. We could hire a consultant named Jeremy, and he could come in. Um, and <laughs> we could adapt our business plan. Hey, we know a guy. Can he take us to a Chinese buffet? <laughs> the the first thing I'm stealing is like a. Uh, a cargo ship of sunscreen. I don't know what East <laughs> Africa would do. Luke to my... and Brent are really into these pirate things. This is amazing. Pirate? Did you not see the Johnny Depp series, Mike? The pirates <laughs> are fun. There's rum and stuff. Yeah. Oh, but then you get murked by a <laughs> Navy SEAL. That's the thing. We're like on like a, a friggin' like aluminum little boat, right? Okay. Like we're just scooting along. <laughs> do I get reset? Can I watch the Grizz? Win. We're on our phone in the ocean. <laughs> Trying to get reception. <laughs> like <laughs> CDA, you're the best. I'm going pirate. It's yeah, just I'm a cool pirate. life that experience. That sounds fun. Yeah. It's they do it for Grizz Shot out by the Navy sounds amazing. Uh you know, drive a Miata around. And you're welcome. <laughs> but you can't camp, Mike. Um okay. Um so a question of if the football team should release its vaccination rate. Yeah, I mean, if if MSU is releasing theirs, then yes, we should. If they're not, then it's an MUS decision. If we're not doing the same thing as as MSU, all it makes it look like is we're hiding something. I, I don't really care what the answer is here. It's just whatever MUS thinks we should do is what we should do, in my opinion. Reliable source, 
I was going to say, I heard this weekend that it was close to 100. Yeah. Okay, so uh, one poster was talking about um, uh, 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 a flashback moment where you, like, did we ask a question of, like, where were you when blank Okay. Happened? Okay. Um, so this is 503 Grizz. It was, it was uh, great questions that he'd had before. And um, what he asks is, where were you when Shane McIntyre blocked Eastern Washington's game-winning attempted field goal in Cheney, Washington in 2004? We would have been sophomores in college, Luke. I know where I was at. Where were you? I was in that, that crappy north side uh, apartment complex next to the graveyard over there. <laughs> I was at an ex-girlfriend's house. Uh-huh. We had a little watch party. I was listening on the radio. It wasn't even on TV. I don't know. This is 2004. I, I remember. It I was not even on TV. Boy, I, I wasn't watching on TV. I, I, I feel like I was in my car. It was definitely on TV. <sighs> Because we had lost or played a bad game the week before, okay. and a lot of people were pretty sure that Eastern was going to beat us, and <clears throat> people at that point were calling for Bobby to be fired and all this stuff like that. Uh, and I can't remember. I, I definitely remember I was in my car, so I was driving somewhere, I guess, and listening to Mick and Gerns with them just screaming about the kick is blocked. And then I remember the next day in the paper – Kind of a a well known photo for quite a while. Bobby like hugging McIntyre, someone out on the field, and mm-hmm. they're all over the place. Because at that point, there was a lot of because Bobby was going through a pretty heavy culture change with the program to align with what he wanted to see, and so there were suggested rumors that Bobby didn't like the players, and the players hated Bobby, and blah 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 blah. And so Man. people were like, "Look at this picture. Is this a guy that like hates his players? You know, stuff like that." So I, I remember that. I was in my car. I can't remember what I was doing, though. I could be remembering. No, that's not true either. I was thinking the Sam Houston State game, but that was in Missoula. I was at that game. Wait, play, I played twice that year. I don't have any Didn't... recollection. I feel like I feel. I like mean, it was I'm sure TV. I was watching it. it. I don't know. I'm looking at the... It was tougher to get stuff then. Although, um, that was like when... Uh, was it like KPAX would like drive their TV truck to games and stuff. And I heard some funny stories about hiring cameramen from people with help wanted signs. <laughs> Craig Oaks, 230 um, yards in the air. Lex Hilliard, 116 rushes, rushing yards. Yeah. Tate Hancock, 61 receiving yards. Interesting. I'm trying to think because I remember, I don't want to give too much away, but about some people I was watching it with. But Yeah. Um, Cody Cleaves. Cody Cleave is wondering if James is going to be allowed to stay up for the whole game. Absolutely. I was going to say, you guys are camping. So, right. he, yeah. He and his buddies can watch the whole thing. Um, let's see. <laughs> okay. Uh, Glacier Grizz is wondering if we thought Xavier Harris looked 100% in the Cal Poly game. He looked good. He looked good. I think so, or they wouldn't have had him out there. He seemed limited in the sense that they just – they're not going to give him the ball yeah. 20 times. I think they, they weren't going to overuse him in his first game yep. back against Cal Poly. That's yep. my opinion. Uh, Glacier Grizz has a few questions here. So uh, Grizz defense being so aggressive, how will Eastern counter that? Do they do something like Cal Poly where they 
pick, rub, crossing routes, screenplays, things like that. We kind of talked a little bit about that. I mean, I'm sure they will to a little sure, to a little extent, but that's not really their game. Their running back is a pass catching back as well. I could see him having a handful of checkdowns, quick screenovers, things like that. You know, um, but yeah, we've talked about this a handful of times. Their receivers are not Cal Poly's quick, little, speedy, grab and go kind of guys. So. Yeah, and, they, they like to throw it over the middle, up the hashes. Yep. I mean, and like you said, until we stop them, Eastern is going to believe the offense they run yeah. will beat us. It, it would be bad coaching of monumental proportions for them to come out and have the majority of their first ten snaps be stuff they don't usually do. Right, just because their offense is clicking so much right now, you do what you do until someone stops. Precisely. It was on K-Packs. I found it. Hey! I don't know why I was listening on the radio. That's weird. Were you working? You were, you're a workaholic. Hey, I was hey. I was licensed to sell real estate. I got my license in 2000. So hey, We <laughs> would be remiss if we did not mention Oh, my God. I meant to lead with this. <laughs> Brent Wahlberg, okay. Montana State Realtor of the Year. I was there. Let's change it to it was State of Montana. Awesome. Sounds State like, of Montana like Realtor of the Year. How cool is that? Well deserved, long overdue. I mean, you guys have no idea the volunteer stuff this guy does in our industry in the background. So, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, guys. That's so cool. It is cool. It's very cool. Of uh, all the realtors in the state, <laughs> all 6,000 of us or something, I don't know. You you won the top realtor in the state of Montana. I did. Yep. That's amazing. Thank you. And it's and it's award. It's an award that is not based upon sales. It is award based upon the basically the time and effort you put into not just the association but your community as well. And it's voted on by past winners, so it's voted on by your peers. Yep. So not a popularity contest. Not an award that you can clearly pay a couple thousand bucks and get. Um, clearly. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, guys. Yeah, no, that's so cool. It made, it made Luke for gives a... it and then he takes it down. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. Uh, I beat the guy that beat Mike a few years ago. Sorry, <laughs> we joked it's... about that that night. But I I lost it twice. I felt so good I, about this it. This was third yeah. time the charm. I'm a, I'm so. a one time loser of the Montana. I'm a two time loser. The, so. The, State of Montana Realtor of the Year award. It's fine. Until so, Thursday, I was the Bobby Hawk of State Realtor of the Year. Got all the way there, but just, you know, Yikes. couldn't close deal. So, um, okay, Glacier Grizz, <laughs> quickly shifting. Will Drew Turner ever have a legitimate place in this offense with I mean, his robust size? We kind of answered this. I think yeah. if he was going to, it would be happening by now. Yeah, I want to see it. I just, it's funny, a guy sitting next to me that at the game, oh, well, my, uh, my buddy that was there with me, he was like, look at this guy's stride. He's got a big, long stride. Scabbed like, I mean, you see, you could see him coming into some random game, and his downhill style just kind of, you know, bowling people over. I don't. It's, I would love it, but I just don't see it. Yep. Uh, what other ways can we get Malik Flowers used in the offense? Well, I mean, I think we can throw him the ball more when he's open and in front of him to take advantage of his speed to get to the end zone, which is awesome. Uh, some handoffs on some jet sweeps. I think you'll see that this game, him and Sulcer. Yeah. I mean, I think like wide receiver screens, yeah. you know, if you, if you need those, I think the issue with any of the receivers is how do you pick one? I agreed. Like, what do you do? Bench Sammy Akim? Yeah. No, 
So. Yeah, it wasn't a yep like I agreed to. Yeah, that. No, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But um, Garrett Graves, current strengths and weaknesses at safety. Well, I think for making his first start, I thought he did pretty good. I thought he did great. Yeah. A uh, couple missed tackles early. Robbie missed some tackles early. Yep. Uh, all the safeties kind of had a whiff or two. Um, by and large, though, I thought he had a pretty good game. It's really hard. Led the team in tackles. It's really hard for me to know that without understanding coverage responsibilities. Um, I thought he played great. You know, for, yeah, like you said, first start. Um, if that's if that's his floor, uh, he's he's going to be just fine. Cool. Uh, a couple more questions, just blitzing versus not blitzing, stuff like that. I think we've kind of covered that. Um, good question, though, Rats of Butte. I think we just got you covered, buddy. Uh, Everett asks us who James's current fair player is. Which he answered earlier. Um, how often does Pod Doug clear the room? Less than you might expect for a man of his age. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, what is your goldfish's name, and why is it Data Point? Well, I mean, it's cl- pretty clear. I do some experimenting at home. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so every one of them is a new data point. <laughs> He's part of that uh, record grant. Uh, Grant Hall at UM in the last two years. <laughs> yeah, you know, we all play a part. Side note, enrollment up yeah. officially. First time in 10 years. And I, you Thanks know. Thanks to Luke. Yeah, it's all yeah. me. It's it's clearly me. Well, no, it's, my tailgate enrollment was up thanks to Luke, so maybe. You know, I'm a show pony, Brent, okay? Let's put a bronze of you next to that Grizz in the oval. I'm, I'm working on my own. Yeah, I'll just put it in the grass somewhere. <laughs> No, I, it's so cool. Um, and part of this is just post-COVID when um, we you know, sent everyone home in the spring of 2020. And then last year, yeah. there was this uh, half online kind of situation. But this fall uh, has felt so vibrant on campus. Yeah, I didn't know I missed it. Man, I love it. I just love walking around with like sidewalks full of students. Um it feels different. It feels fun. The pep rally on Friday night, I loved. I don't know. Was it fun? It was so fun. Did you? Did you? No, go, we, didn't, we didn't make it. We went um, and wa- and watched the Spartan game with some friends. Oh, there was fireworks. I'll tell you what. If you guys ever have to give me bad news, do it with some fireworks. <laughs> I just like it's so fun to see fireworks. Um, <laughs> I I saw the pictures. It looked awesome, and I'm glad to see that. Can we talk about that Spartan Helena game quickly? Uh, let me just read Everett's last question. And then, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, if someone completely unexpected makes a huge play on that abomination field in Cheney, who's it going to be? Completely unexpected. <laughs> I think White. I think that they've been trying to give him a couple of chances, and I feel like that's, he's going to break something. That's a good answer. Although I thought you were going to say Cam Humphrey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I just thought you couldn't let that go, but you, you had a really good answer there. Brent, what do you think? <laughs> um, you know what? Uh, strength on strength. I'm Ryan Simpson for a jump ball touchdown. I've actually been surprised they haven't thrown the ball to Ryan Simpson He got his first but, pass in this last game. It was garbage time. Again, this goes back to it's like there are so many receivers – you know, there's there's only so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know. But know. but you're right. Uh, White got a, got reps last. I guess whatever 2019. 
yeah. um, whatever it was. They didn't yep. burn his red shirt. Yep. He played in the spring games. Yep. He's, um, he's been in, like they've, you know, he's caught a couple balls, I think. They've thrown to him. Yeah. So, yeah. That's I could, my guess. I could see a defense forgetting him, like, about him or, you know, not accounting for him. And then, boom, there he goes. Yep. Um, so, yeah, what's, what's up so with the Sentinel game? Sentinel, defending state champions and, and farm club to the Montana Grizzlies these days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I point that out because when I was there, it wasn't. So I just have to laugh. Um, but they, one, of the, one of the biggest commits in state that UM has is the quarterback and defensive end at Sentinel, Cruz. And first of all, how much of a badass do you have to be to be a quarterback that runs the ball and you play the majority of snaps at defensive end in a game? I love it. Like, that is, that's a tough kid. Mm-hmm. The quarterback for Helena um, is uh, also a UM signee, and some people say he's the best recruit in the state. Hoyt, I think is his name. I think that's how you say it. H-U-O-T. And... Um, he had some moments where he looked like a legitimate D1 QB to me. But I think Cruz is the best athlete in the state. Okay. And I, I just, it was interesting watching the game. I, I mean, I haven't broken down film, I haven't been at camps. There's a lot more to it. I think in that game that night, I thought Cruz was the better QB of the two. And Cruz isn't being recruited as QB. He's being recruited as a DN. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's my observation. I love Cruz. This is my window into double-A football. Like I've done, I've done some rabbit holing on some of the recruits, and mm-hmm. Cruz really excites me. At the end, I mean, ultimately you want explosive athletes on the corner there so they can blow by tackles. He's a smart kid. You know, he makes good decisions at QB. And he is so damn explosive. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like he's one of those guys that's going to, like, be a sack eater for us. I just love that, you know, he plays DN. Last year on the state championship team, he played wide receiver because they already had a QB. I mean, it's he, does, he can move around the field. I, I think he gets in the weight room, coaches, you know, like every guy who comes to him, they're probably going to coach the ego out of him a little bit. But... I think he's going to be a special player for the Grizz. Anyway, that's my observation. All right. Getting back to the question. <laughs> Good with you, Grizz. All right. Um, from Twitter, uh, Greensleeves Gingerbread <laughs> at Skip Skip Skatoo. Well, interesting. <laughs> um, I have always been a proponent of jumping to the FBS until a friend of mine said this. Boise State is the best-case scenario. Idaho is the worst-case scenario. Nevada, UN Reno is the most likely to happen. Please tell me it's not true. It's true, though. I mean, it's true. It is. Like, yeah. we've talked about it here, and until there's, like, a realignment, and maybe that's about to happen, where the group of five have some sort of postseason tournament, I don't really see why. Like, some people are going to say, TV revenue, TV revenue. I think there's a TV sports revenue bubble coming because these people are going to start to recognize – that not every football game is worth some of these contracts. And I think that there are so many providers out there. I don't get me wrong. Like the revenue is going to be there to an extent, but there's also more costs. I don't know. Basketball is why I want to move on. Yeah. The basketball side of it makes sense, but the football side makes less. In football, I think it's going to be like moving in a handful of years. 
when the Power Five conferences kind of have their own realignment, right? They're still going to be the gravitational black hole of all the money. Yeah. And whatever is remaining of the FBS will just be like the FCS money revenue thing. Because yep. all the money is going to go and then, to the Power Five playoffs, So maybe whatever. we jump up to that group where there's a little bit of revenue and get rid of some of these schools that have no business being a D1 like Southern Utah. Right, but what it means yeah. to be FBS is not won't be, be any more significant than what it means yeah. to be FCS. kind of FCS royalty yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing that would intrigue me right now is if somehow – UM and MSU jointly received an invitation to the Mountain West. Because mm-hmm. to me, if that happened, it would be the conference kind of saying like, hey, we are going to see the Montanas as, as you know, yeah. a solid duo to help us anchor this Mountain West conference with all these other legitimate teams. Don't get me wrong. And I could see that being long term. I don't know any other conference that I would feel like we're not just going to run into Idaho where it's like we don't have a home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've been in, we've, we've, been through and we are probably currently still in a pretty polarized time in our country nothing would get me out to a picket line faster than <laughs> <laughs> no way We've found luke's hot spot oh, yeah. man, okay all right so in a reply to this tweet from the guy with all kinds of weird non-name names uh chad dundas the um uh, yeah uh journalist um alum uh, covers professional wrestling. He's a great Twitter follow. He's a great Twitter follow. He also did a podcast on, um, oh, it was a good one. It was on like um, Butte and uh, Union Murder of the guy, Frank Miller. Oh. It was great. Anyway, he and his brother and two other people did it. It's like Death in the West or something like that. Uh, anyway, um, he, he said, sounds like a smart friend. So Chad must know this guy. <laughs> to which we said, when are you coming on the pod, Chad? And he said, absolutely anytime you guys want. Yes. So he is a great Twitter follower. We will get him on the pod. (laughs) I love that. I didn't know that until right now. I love it. I just got to get that out there. All right. Um, Robert Strossel asks, and I think he brought this up last week too, number zero being passed down from Omar Hicks to another out-of-stater as a new tradition and recruitment idea. Thoughts? I mean, I think it could be neat. I don't know that it's ever going to have the same – flair is the 37 but it could be kind of cool it's kind of like a hey out of state guys you know we there's a chance to come in here and make an impact on montana earn this and it's like you think of a guy like you know if we'd had it in place when true was around yeah you know and here's a guy that out of state nfl it's interesting i don't it seems a little contrived to me but i don't know there was a point where people wanted to have chris snyder pass number 29 down to all the kickers yeah, i mean it's a point just you overdo something it feels yeah i think 37 is really special and i can understand out-of-staters wanting to like have something to be part of it but i don't know if i like it do you have the grizz uh shaved into the back of your head i should somebody was walking down the walking path saturday morning towards your tailgate I had a the high fade like me high fade and it was <clears throat> shaved in the back and i was setting up mine from a distance and i was like well, wow, Brent really went all out for this game. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, any thoughts on that, Luke? I kind of like it. Yeah. All right. I, I I don't think it diminishes the 37, and um, I just imagine 
it would be really cool for a four-year out-of-stater to come and earn that. They're just as big of com- contributors. Um, they're special people in our hearts. Like, True came back to the game as we tweet. Which was awesome. I yeah. saw him walking around the tailgates, and I, like, tapped everyone. I was like, is that true? Is that true? And then someone was like, yeah, I saw him downtown last night. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like a little brotherhood of the out-of-staters, just like we have for the 37 guys. I, I love it. I don't know. We have special players from all over. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, Corey Bleak at Bleak Corey has a couple questions. Cute. Mm. Question one. Did Baldwin crack the code to the defense? If a couple plays go Pauly's way, that could have been a different game. They put up good numbers on the Grizz but failed to cash in. Seemed like many of our blitzers were ex- uh, expertly exploited for a good gain and at times near a touchdown. That's the alternative hypothesis to what we th- suggested like we didn't make adjustments um i could see someone um say dude baldwin's a good coach he he figured something out that other teams are going to replicate it's possible i don't know enough about the film breakdown the x's and o's to really make a strong statement but if you had a, a propensity or a penchant for anxiety that would make me feel like <laughs> damn it <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, let's just say it was 18, 14 and a half. They would have made adjustments and yeah. crushed the defense. Probably, yeah. I mean, I just, I I think it's a hypothetical that it plays down a little bit, but I do think we need to acknowledge some things. All right, question two. What adjustments can Bayer make to the aforementioned plays away, to take the aforementioned plays away that... We're going for such consistently good games. It seems like the short pass game thrown directly into the blitzing side could be this defense's Achilles. Well, one, I think that he will adjust if a team's going to do that. Yeah, yeah. But two, once they got down into the red zone, the field shortens and they did not have those options. So at worst, it becomes kind of a bend but don't break type of defense if that's what they're going to do. And I still take the chances. It's like, you know, the Western Illinois guy completed two of th- every three passes for, you know, crap. Yeah, so yeah. so how teams sometimes adapt to that, like teams that run our defensive scheme, things that we have seen our team do is drop a lineman back right into that <laughs> Which we slot. put on yeah, film. <laughs> which we put on film, right? But, I mean – it's so hard to account for when you're having to make quick decisions because it's like, you know, you don't see him and then boom, they've stood up and backed into that, um, that kind of slot receiver slant zone. Um, and if you run a cover two with that, then you can't throw the quick out because you have a cornerback sitting. So when you bring the heat, you, you know, you you get there fast enough. So the receiver can't, sprint behind the cover two and if there is a little slot slant uh you've got a defensive lineman you've got Gubner sitting there with his Belknap. St- or Somebody, Belknap yeah. with their sticky hands like waving up in the air so that's how I imagine they are gonna approach that but uh that's kind of the the horizon of my nice. knowledge nice what else we got on Twitter there Mike okay so we answered the how could Bear make adjustments. Yes. Jonathan Claxton says, it seemed we were extremely blitz-heavy on defense against Polly. Was that the best game plan, or were we trying to look extra aggressive to throw Eastern off a little bit? 
We will get torched on Saturday if we keep that up. Will we? Oh, a, no, we will. Never mind. Yeah. A, I do think, yes, they were putting stuff on film. B, I'm not sure we would get torched enough to make it not worth it. Um, those are just my thoughts. Well, so a passing offense like Eastern, you're going to get torched if you rush three and have and give them all four time. wide Especially receivers Eric Barrier. sprinting all over through yeah. his zone. If, so. if we think we can give Eric Barry a time no, like, hell no. of any QB we were going to face or have faced in recent memory, so you just so what are what are, what are your two options? Can we cover four or five highly skilled receivers for eight to ten seconds? Will that be more successful than man coverage with a heavy blitz chasing after barrier? I take our chances but, with man. Uh, me too. Yep. Uh, both are going to lead to big plays. Yep. It's going to happen. I wouldn't want to, you know. Even NFL quarterbacks or cornerbacks, right? Secondaries. If the play lasts longer than six seconds, they're usually it's in trouble. trouble. It's big trouble. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, Jake Arith asks, what does the offense have to do to score points? I honestly think the depth and talent on the defensive side of the ball have got things under control as long as the quick, short passes can be stuffed. As far as the defense, maybe not so much blitzing. Well, I, I think Eastern has shown that you can both pass and run on them. So I think it's just more – it starts with the offensive line, and then it uh, – I think the offense just needs to execute. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, execute the plays that are called, and we're going to be fine. Um, I think this is a game where we, we don't want to miss our opportunities because there are going to be opportunities for big plays, and we've got to hit some of them. Yep, um, yep. Uh, we got to make sure we're not thrown behind in crucial situations, but I think the big thing is just executing. Yes, agreed. I, they've got the talent to do it. We've seen them do it already. I mean, Western Illinois' defense, we scored on will, a will on them. Like, I don't think Eastern's defense is any better, as Western Illinois proved. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Eric Witz says, rank the worst-looking turf in college football. Eastern Washington, Central Arkansas, Boise State, Coastal Carolina. Worst is Eastern. Yeah. Second worst in my mind might be Central Arkansas because it's like purple, purple and gray. silver or gray. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, then the Smurf turf and maybe Coastal Carolina last. What's Coastal? I can't remember. It's teal and it's, a, it's, it's, like, it's like the teal Miata look. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, I'd probably. You know, I've I read that blues are soothing on the eye. Um, Interesting. See, I don't mind the Smurf turf as much as the others. I don't know. Just been there for a while, so yeah. Probably. Yeah, Easterns is the worst though. By by, the red is just obnoxious. <laughs> it's terrible. It's so bad. It's so bright. Yeah. Whatever. All right. Adam Eckness asks. Is it time to get Chris Brown a few snaps when Cam is struggling like the first half Saturday? No. Yes. No. No. So here's the thing. <laughs> Brent and Luke are giant pansies. <laughs> yes, it is. No, it's like, not. Yeah, 100% it is. 
You know, Britt was texting me at the end of the game and being like, I'm going to start tweeting out the three and outs for Chris Brown <laughs> when it was garbage time and there were he's thrown to Danny time. Burton. And it's just like, who's a, presumably a great kid. Oh, man. Um, Why you got to do Danny Burton like that, Mike? Because he's not one of the top seven <laughs> starting receivers on the it. team. I mess around with you. I really think there have been opportunities where we should have gotten our backup QB, who could be better, some legitimate stats. But they, they are convinced, rightfully so, it's their job. They can do whatever they want. That they want to pad pad cam stats and keep giving them opportunities. <laughs> My, I'm a conspiracy theorist. Go ahead, Brent. No, look, you got it. I I think <laughs> I think Mike's the phrase in Mike's statement, who could be better, is doing a lot of <laughs> <laughs> like. Uh, I mean, I just don't think his floor is any worse, and the ceiling could be higher. I think there's going to so, become a time where we need to hit more of these plays. But to Britt's point, Chris Brown hasn't been all that accurate when he's gotten hit. No, so. no, and Bobby Houck has shown in his current tenure that if the better QB is the backup, Dalton Sneed, he will overtake the prior starter or the presumed starter if he outperforms said presumed starter. In camp, Dalton Sneed took Gresh Jensen's job. No, and Dalton Sneed just went out and ran with the ones <laughs> and out tough Gresh Jensen, who then left. Yeah. I mean, there was no question. We went to practices. There was no question who the coaches there was a were text. giving that. Uh, there job was a text to. that the one I missed where it's like Dalton had a good day. Dalton had a good day, and away we went. So this there's a track record, and that's like this thing. Chris Brown has had 18 months to take the job. And he didn't do it. And it was like... Because I don't think they gave him the opportunity to do it. I don't believe it. I don't believe that. The, the you, second know, game but, of the spring, they ran the ball a million times in the second 11. half. Yeah. Because he looked so good in the first game that they didn't want that storyline going he into the He completed like four passes in the first game. No, he looked great in the first game. <laughs> Those four passes. Don't start with... It was not four passes. <laughs> don't patronize the fans. Okay, I should what, pull this up. I I've should got, find this. I've okay. got a I've got a data point, not not a goldfish for you guys. <laughs> and the story here is Mike loves drama. Whoa! And I and I have got a great example. I've got a great example. Oh, I remember back in our college days, Mike, when we got into a little TV show called Twenty Four. Do you remember this? <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> and I remember Mike had a final the next day, and we had stayed up way too late watching, like binge watching. Jack Bauer. Jack Bauer saved the city of Los Angeles <laughs> for maybe the fourth time. And I was like, all right, dude, going to bed. Mike's like, yeah, 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 we got to go to bed. Uh, and so I pieced out. Uh, and then I see Mike, you know, flash forward like eight hours later in the morning, and Mike is looking like shit. And I was like, dude, you ready for your test? And he's like, I don't know how this is going to go. I stayed up all night watching 24. I finished the season. He was haggard. He didn't get a wink of sleep going into this final. Oh, no. And Mike loves drama. And uh, Riley told us there is no quarterback controversy but Mike's because you little, guys are plebes and you buy the company line mike's little drama gene wants there to be a quarterback controversy. i am like a joe football fan <laughs> joe football fan likes the backup quarterback yeah no the backup is everybody's favorite player right okay so 
<laughs> I'm just saying we've got the best core of receivers we've ever had, and we need to get the ball downfield and hit them more. <laughs> it is not that ridiculous of a thought. So, I was thinking of a handful of teams that had some very good defenses that did some very good stuff. Um, three of the four got to the national title game. One won it. The other got to the semifinal game. 2001, 2008, 9, and 11. Okay. Right? Those quarterbacks were John Edwards, Cole Berquist, Andrew Sell, Jordan Johnson. Who had the best completion rate when you compare those four to Cam Humphrey? Probably Jordan Johnson. Cam Humphrey. Oh, you just said compare them to Cam okay. Humphrey. Well, no, then Cam not Humphrey Johnson. has the best of Com- the group. So side by side, who had of those five, who well, had the best completion? Cam away. Humphrey. He's the best in breed. Who had the best passing yards per game? Probably Cam Humphrey. Cam Humphrey. Who had the best? Who had the most amount of touchdowns thrown? Are you game? going to tell me that Cam <laughs> Humphrey was a better quarterback than Jordan Johnson? Get the fuck out of here, Brent. Like this is why you, you, you're not a serious person in this conversation. You are just towing the Kool Aid Company line now because you just fall in line. Like the play amazing, the old guys. The amazing thing is if you then add in Cam's stats because you could say Cam only played three games this year and it's hard to compare Cam to like. Jordan Johnson three this full year, season, two right? last year, three starts, 19. You put them all together, his numbers even improved from there. Okay. Cam is not Jordan Johnson, but I don't think he's as bad as people paint him out to be as well. And so I think – and the other flip side of things is – and these numbers are going to change, I would assume, especially probably after this Eastern game. This defense is doing far better – then the 01, the 08, the 09, and the 11 defense, probably if you put all those guys together and combined them as well. And so Cam statistically is outperforming the quarterbacks from those teams, and this defense is outperforming those said defenses as well too. So, yes, I want him to get the ball to more of the receivers. We all do. But I think, especially if this defense keeps doing what it's doing, I, I don't know how much we actually necessarily need it. How many of those teams had to play James Madison, North Dakota State? I mean, I don't know. Probably not. What? I I mean, App State in the playoffs was a big one. Upsetting Jordan James Madison. I just think that we're going to need it. I also think stats are for losers. (laughs) (laughs) Cam completed sixty-two percent of his stats on Saturday, and are you going to tell me that Cam had a good game at QB on Saturday? No. No. Stats are for losers. (laughs) Don't know what that means. About you right now. <laughs> um, I, my only question about this whole line of, of attack <laughs> is, can you tell me something about the receiver corps for uh, these various years you've been citing? Uh, Does Cam have better receivers than all these quarterbacks? Narrator. Yes. <laughs> now, there may be one or two mm. guys who stood out on some of these teams, like Mark Mariani. Yep. But from uh, uh, weapons to throw the ball to, I think it's deeper than any of those teams. Now, what 11, 9, and 8 had were better running backs. Mm-hmm. And 01 all had better running backs. Like, not to knock on Xavier and Isaiah and... If we can see Osmore at night. I don't know why you why you have to hate these guys. Like, why is the only person you hate Chris Brown? <laughs> I don't hate him. I, just, I mean, clearly nobody believes that. <laughs> I am excited. I, I am Mike. on the Chris Brown bus in 2022. 
I'm excited, I'm excited to be it. wrong on this. <laughs> and I'll, we'll just let time tell. We'll just let time tell. I hope that the listeners know that we will never not have a QB controversy on the Grizz fan pod. <laughs> like, I don't care who it is. Chris wins the job next year. We will have a QB controversy. It's man, good maybe, radio. Maybe a Daniel Britt fan. I, maybe I'm just. I know the staff is high on Daniel Britt. <laughs> no, they're high on Chris Brad too. It, it is good pod, but this comes authentically from Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm going to intentionally pull some stats to piss Mike off. <laughs> Works for me. Speaking <laughs> of stats, are for losers. Frank Gagola just uh, he tweeted out. Like a day a day ago, um, that Pat O'Connell leads the FCS in tackles for loss per game at three point one seven, and sacks per game at one point eight three. Dude's a beast. Awesome. Side note: We didn't do our players of the game, offense, defense, special teams. I think let's start with special teams. Giancaro got screwed for the Big Sky Player of the Week. They gave it to a kicker who scored points, all the points in his team's comeback. Maybe, maybe yeah. it was. Um, I don't know. But Giancaro blocked a punt and scored the touchdown. So those are two major things that one alone in some weeks can get you that. I mean, I'm just saying he got screwed. So he's my special teams guy, even how, though Flowers. How tough is it to block a punt and score a touchdown? Score a touchdown. Usually, when you block the punt, you end up on the ground. Yeah. Should have got it. Um, offense. Cam Humphrey. I'm going to give it to Xavier Harris. You're exhausting. You are exhausting. <laughs> uh, Xavier Harris. I know. No, screw that. Sammy Akim. I mean, I liked Sammy Akim's big touchdown. It was nice to see that. Um, I think Mitch Roberts flies under the radar, but he just makes mm. clutch catches. He only had four for 32 yards, so it's not like – yeah. Yeah. I, I think I – think, Xavier Harris or Sammy Kim, but neither one of them had great stats. Like it was not a stats are for losers, Mike. Defense yeah. player of the game. I'm gonna give it to Garrett Graves. Leads the team in tackles on his first start. That's a good one. Interesting. I like that one. I don't know. It's not Patrick O'Connell. I it's mean, Patrick O'Connell. Didn't he take the the fumble that got Turned into an inter, uh, incomplete into the end zone too. He might have uh, that guy. Yep. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, sorry. Back on track. Ah, good. <laughs> All right. Um, Silver tip asks. More likely to happen, Cheney becomes a prime vacay destination, or we, by some miracle, don't go blind from looking at college football's biggest eyesore on Saturday night. We don't go blind. I think that's the answer. <laughs> yeah. Or the Grizzlies by 17, but after the game, the field sinks into the depths of the earth, never to return. I'd rather go blind. I See, know. no, I want to win, and then I want <laughs> yeah. to continue to win because nothing would be cooler than Eastern becoming a laughing stock of a program with an inferno field. Yeah. yeah. It's like, this is our... And then they rip it out. Yeah. They're like, no, we can't do this anymore. We keep losing on it so much. All right. Finally, also from Silvertip, pick one. The Grizz win by 35 on Saturday, but you have to spend the next year living in Cheney in an apartment that only has views of the <laughs> Inferno where the landlord won't let you put up any drapes or blinds. 
What is yeah, the, uh, what's the other? Oh, I can have. What, so like, that's like. Internet, so that's basically know. like. Chris went by thirty-five, but that has to happen. Yeah. <sighs> See, so Silvertip is just not well versed in the CDA because he hasn't given us another alternative. So if the Grizz win by thirty-four, and I don't have to live in Cheney. That's true. All right. Yeah. I'm not picking that. Have win by thirty-four. All right. Works for me. <laughs> All right, Kyle Dyrude. That's a great question, actually. During our blowout win versus Dixie State in two weeks, Bobby comes into the stands <laughs> and tells each of you that you get one play at the position of your choice. <laughs> what position do you choose? What play do you call? And what would the outcome be? <laughs> Are you oh kidding me? I'm quarterback. Yeah. I feel like this is everybody's answer, but... And... I am, oh my goodness gracious. So I was going to say, I want to throw a deep ball to Sammy Kim, but if um, you have problems with quarterbacks underthrowing receivers, <laughs> you're going to be really disappointed. And then I was thinking like, oh, it'd be really fun to do a screen. But a lot of times on screens, the quarterbacks get hit. Get hit. Can hand the ball off. Okay, well, so this is what it's going to be. I, I already got the answer. Um, it's going to be like a fourth and one from about the 50 yard line. And we're going to come out in the punt formation. I'm going to be the up back. I'm going to take a direct snap (laughs) and just run it up the middle and see what happens. All right. That's my call. Okay. All right. For me, it is, I'm going to come in at quarterback and it's going to be one of two plays. The one that's less likely, because I'd be afraid of the pain, um, (laughs) would be it's a QB sneak on fourth and one, and you just fall forward and you just accept what's going to happen, but enjoy that you were a real football player for a moment. And you're under center. And you're under center. (laughs) And you do the goose where it's like nobody knows the snap count, but you, you know, you're going to get the hell hit out of you, but you get that first down. Um, Probably harder than it looks. (laughs) Realistically, what my play is, is. I come in, I'm under center, we run the jet sweep with Flowers, hand off the ball, he scores a touchdown, and I get to run down the field because my play scored, even though that is the lowest impact thing I can think of. You have a passing stat. You have one pass, 65 yards, yep. and a touchdown. There you go. Brent. Well, these quarterback options are great. Like, yeah, I was like just thinking, yeah, it's a shotgun snap and hand the ball off to Isaiah. I'm like, okay, go. Um I feel like I could kick a 20-yard field goal. Oh. Interesting. Weird. Game I think that's we're what gonna, James would pick, too. Game we're going to test this out one of these weeks. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm the game-winning kicker. This a is 20-yard field goal is from I got the 10-yard line. <laughs> yeah, I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> this is such I've a been good, riding this Peloton I on these bikes. I got strong legs. That I if I it. give you 10 kicks, you couldn't get three of them high enough to go through the uprights. What's the bet? Hundred bucks. <gasps> oh, when are we doing this? <laughs> when are we doing this? Am I kicking from a t? Te- no, like someone's holding, right? Yeah. Okay. Look, look, field goal. Perfect. It's got to go above, up, uh, through from the, the ten through yeah. the uprights. Got to be over thirty percent. Yeah. Perfect. Oh my goodness, we have to do this. We're gonna go out to the practice field. <laughs> I mean, we gotta probably record now. This if too. they want Let's Monty to, s- to do it with you for Actually, a video, <laughs> a week little crossover. I we bet we it. could get into the stadium to do this. <laughs> <laughs> 
Perfect. Okay. I'm ready. I can't I'm ready. wait for this. Okay, here's my oh, thing about this question, Lord. though. I don't think, Brent, I mean, yours is clearly the rational answer. Because <laughs> I don't get hit. I don't, sometimes, you know, you you want to come away with a little battle scar. Like, I might need a bruise, mm. you know, to show my toughness down at the Mo Club later. Like, yeah, I got to play. I got to snap. And that's where the QB sneak comes in. It's like, yep, yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Good I'm point. sore. Like, yeah, that, I, I, I got hit and landed on. There's some physical evidence that, like, I played. Um, I could practice keeping my leg out, and the guy that, like, runs around the side and spins me around or something. Well, I like the idea of handing off on the goal line and then pushing the running back. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're like, <laughs> I got you. Yeah. Oh, that's a good, that's a fun question. <laughs> All right, last question from Brad, uh, real Brad, Don's Todd, I don't know, whatever. Um, <laughs> what's the biggest thing the Grizz need to correct for the O to click consistently? We kind of talked about this. I mean, well, actually, I think that if they could get the, the ground game going a little bit more, they'd open more stuff up. So we need those, we need those runs to be working early on. Agreed. But I just think that teams, really good teams, are going to stack the box against us. So, um, I you know, it's going to depend on what Cam can do. Like, how sharp can he be on quick reads, delivering the ball on time, on target? And we don't need him to be Eric Berrier and uh, make tough throws 20 yards downfield. You know what I mean? Like, if he can just hit spots in the first – 10 yards, he can be an effective quarterback. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, running the ball, he's got more time. He has less pressure. That seems to kind of be the, the big piece that you need. All right. That is it. That's all we got. Uh, any final thoughts on last week or this week? I'm excited. I'm looking forward to this game. I, I, I hope our defense beats the hell out of Eastern. And puts on a great show on national television. It's going to be fun. It's a good time to be a Grizz fan. It's It's a good time to be a Grizz. Awesome. I got nothing else. We know you. We'll see you soon. If not, we'll talk to you next week or find us on Twitter because I'm sure we're going to interact with, you know, conspiracy theories and crazy people this week. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Go Grizz. Fight on.